Hello, welcome to the Roll Together podcast. Thank you for joining us for these podcast versions of our streamed shows from Twitch. You can always find our schedule of upcoming shows at twitch.tv forward slash RollTogetherRPG forward slash schedule. Please do leave a review and we look forward to adventuring together. Hello, everyone, and welcome to A Murderous Symphony. Thank you for joining us for an evening of Dungeons & Dragons. I'm Josh, and I'll be your Dungeon Master tonight. We're thrilled to be streaming at twitch.tv forward slash RollTogetherRBG. A Murderous Symphony takes place in Neverwinter, roughly two to three weeks after the events of At Death's Door and Caesar's Defiance. The bloat has been slowly disappearing. However, there have been reports of people throughout the city going missing. Our players have been hired as private investigators to look into a group of murders that have taken place in the Blue Lake Theatre. For those of you who are new to Dungeons & Dragons, everyone here plays fantasy characters in a fantasy universe. The five players each have their own unique character sheets that tell them who they are, what they do, and their deepest secrets, and also what dice to roll. They'll mostly be rolling a d20, a 20-sided dice, which I have here which will tell them whether they succeed or fail, uh, 20 being very good and a 1 being hilariously bad. And whilst they play their characters, everything else in this fantasy universe is played by me, people, monsters, weather patterns, strange music, you name it. Between me describing the world and the story, the players describing what they want to do, and some dice rolls just to keep things that little bit more unpredictable, we will tell our story. Now, let's meet the players, followed by a few words from our sponsors. Hi, I'm Niall and I'm playing Amun-Ra, a far traveller from the far reaches of Zakara. Come to Neverwinter hunting vampires, but maybe he has deep-seated issues himself. Maybe those things will probably come into play during this horror session we've got going on. But who knows? We'll see. Boogity boogity. Hi, I'm Scarlett. I'll be playing Mizana from Azana's Emporium of Glorious Goods and Trade. I'm the half-elf artificer that loves to investigate and tinker. Also rides on a giant beetle. Hi, Angie, uh, and I am going to be playing Rion. Um, Rion is a pickpocket, changeling, street urchin, uh, young youngster that um, has grown up on the streets of Neverwinter and currently uh, their friend Mask has gone missing. There's a bunch of murders happening in the city and uh, they want to find a friend. So they're going to investigate. Hi, I'm Sean and I will be playing Rhododendron, or Rhodey for short. Um, Rhododendron was last seen running for his life at the end of Isradel, the roving house. Um, but what has he been up to since then? Well, he's set up shop in Neverwinter with Mizana and um, has just been kind of playing it a bit easy, like not really taking too many adventuring jobs, trying to play it safe. However, something about this one piqued his interest, so we'll see where that leads him. Hi, I'm Nat, I've used she, her pronouns, and I'm going to be playing Ak, who uses they, them pronouns. Ak is a knowledge cleric, Kenku, and they work at the Temple of Ogmar in Neverwinter under the watchful gaze of Dr. Agatha Whipplestitch, who is the, uh, the, the mortician there who's been taking a, a lot of interest in um, a lot of the dead bodies that have been happening in Neverwinter over the, the last couple of months. Who can tell why there's been loads of dead bodies? Sean, Sean can uh, watch, watch his previous campaigns. Um, Ak has a, a curious mind and, uh, and is excited to be uh, given the responsibility to go out and do some investigating. 
This stream will run for three hours and there will be roughly a five to ten minute break somewhere towards the middle. We run shows on Mondays, Tuesdays and Fridays at 6pm Greenwich Meridian slash British Summertime, which is 10am Pacific Time, 1pm Eastern Standard Time, 7pm in mainland Britain and 2am Tuesday mornings in Japan and parts of Australia. On Mondays, we run TTRPG streams. These can be one shots, four, six, eight, whew, or even 12 weeks long. You can always find our latest schedule at twitch.tv slash rolltogetherrpg slash schedule. On Tuesdays, we have our ongoing campaign, Fracture. And on Fridays, we have our talk show, Talk Together and Talking is a Free Action which lasts for one hour. We are Roll Together RPG on all socials, so find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and even TikTok. Links in chat. Thank you to our D20 Club on Patreon. Uh, you can find a link in chat, help us make our shows from just one pound, one dollar, or one gold piece, and unlock more tiers by joining. Our D20 Club are fab. Uh, they've created a fan Discord for us. Um, they've also made a wiki page for Roll Together. You can find that at rolltogether.fandom.com. Uh, welcome to our podcast listeners. And um, if you also would like to listen to us via podcast, you can search Roll Together RPG on your favourite podcast provider. If we're not there, let us know and we will add ourselves to that list. Finally, we play with a diverse group of players who play a diverse set of characters with wide ranging sexual and gender identities. Our tables are trans and GNC positive and we encourage and champion trans and GNC players and characters in our games. The DM and players may portray characters that are of a different gender to their own. We aim to avoid misgendering but acknowledge that it does sometimes happen. And we have a company policy in place for correcting people on pronouns. If we miss an instance of misgendering, we are open to being corrected. So please do let us know if you think one has been missed you can check out explanation point safety in in chat for content warnings and some of the safety tools that we use through the ttrpg safety toolkit and i think with all of that it's time to begin our previous session our party woke up all together and outside in the cold the ruins of a building not far from them with a hanging door off its hanging off of its hinge a strange room or corridor on the other side that didn't match the ruins rion instantly notices notices did it did it this as the orphanage that they lived at everyone saw that they appeared to be in some sort of a dome with the conductor's face in the clouds above watching our party decided to head for the door when a loud rumble could be heard and an ogre came from behind the house. Each of the party became frightened of the creature and instinctively ran towards the door. Rion, however, fell to their knees, paralysed by fear, and as they saw their apparent friends, apparent friends leave them behind, the troll picked up Rion, walked round to the back of the ruins and buried them alive. Yeah. The rest of the party, having gone through the door, stumbled into a hallway within a high building in the city of Waterdeep. Uh, again, a dome surrounded their location with the 
with the conductor hanging in the clouds. The hallway was part of the GTG, or Gallifrey, Gallifrey's Trades and Good, uh, sorry, Trade and Goods, and Zana noticed she was now carrying a large book with all of the sales of her business over the past year. An old man came out of a far door and said to Zana that her father would see her now. Entering the room, the party met Zana's father and were also reunited with a now dirt-covered Rion. Zana's father proceeded to dismantle and mock Zana's business, causing Zana to burst out crying. Her father then called the security, invisible security, to remove them all and they were all shoved out the door. However, they didn't end back in the hallway. Instead, they fell into an empty shop. This was Rody's shop, to be exact, and looking out the window, they could see that they were within some sort of a red cavern with a large white crack and a large mechanical heart over a red bridge. The heart itself having a door in the centre of it, and the conductor's face could be seen within the cavern's walls, and loud wing beats could be heard all around. After some discussion, the group decided to make for the metal heart, and going over the bridge, three large moths flew into view and attacked the party. Rody was frightened of them, and his speed was slowed every time he saw one. However, the party covered his eyes with a cloth and made their way to the door, dispatching the moths as they went. Upon their approach, a large gloved hand reached through the crack and began picking the heart up, and as they all made their way through the door, they saw the, lar the very large faces of Ack and Dr. Whipplestitch on the other side. Going through the door, the party found themselves instantly wet as they landed on the deck of a ship during a storm. Ack noticed Dr. Whipplestitch at the front of the ship, trying to call out, but with no sound leaving their mouth. When the ship lurched, a massive wave went over the, went over the front and uh, Dr. Whipplestitch disappeared. One by one, as the ship rocked, each of the party members except Rion fell over, the, oh, fell over and began sinking. Rion saw a bright light leading below deck and followed, while Ack was the final one left alone, floating in the sea, eventually succumbing to exhaustion and sinking endlessly, and everything faded to black. Waking up again, the group is all back together. Uh, however, all there is around them is darkness. Amun realises at this point that everyone else's fears have come on show during this time, this period, and it was now his turn. And as he says, as he thinks that a larger, eviler version with the whole, you know, horny goatee and everything of himself steps into the light with his hands wrapped around Orny Rion's goatee. neck. <laughs> <laughs> with Rion's hat, with his hand around Rion's neck and began taunting his lesser self. A fight broke out, resulting in a few party deaths. Their bodies turned into ash, and the entire time the evil Armun shouted for Good Armun to accept him. And, eventually, he did, ending the dream. Our party woke up in a ruined theatre. In the seats around them were hooded figures, and on the stage was uh, orchestra music playing with three figures, figures stood on the stage. The violinist, cellist, if that's a word, and conductor with a familiar red hairstyle. And that is where we will pick up. Now, a few two little notes the first one is at the end of the last session i should have said that everybody leveled up which everybody did everybody's now level seven hey. it's done all of that so that's gonna be fun the other one is a very small retcon at the end of the last session i said that you saw figures around and you instantly recognized them as dr Whipple stitch and all of that scrubble that out of your memory for the moment they're all hooded figures as you all come to you have to pull hoods off of your heads in order to look around 
And as you can do, as you do, you can see standing on the stage a very familiar figure, Melnor, the handler, the person who gave you this investigation, is stood wearing the conductor's clothing, and there is a very light mist that is covering the entirety of this theatre. Melnor is just stood up there with these two other figures standing behind them with a very sinister grin on their face as they look towards all of you, sort of stroking their chin and seemingly wiping something away from the side of their mouth. Ah, so. How are we all feeling? Headaches, I presume? Are we actually restrained? I, I came away from the end of the last session under the impression that we were we were tied to the chairs, but we're not. We have hands free to yep, undo hoods. You're completely, and where we're hands free. And you've got cloaks on, yeah. Can I take mine off? <laughs> we take your cloak off. Underneath. You're wearing yeah, clothes underneath, yeah. Okay. Other than <laughs> Armun, who doesn't wear a lot anyway. Sure. I, I wear clothes. I've got like four layers on. Does that count as armour? Four layers? No, probably not. No. no. <laughs> it depends on the fabric. Mm-hmm. It's uh, <laughs> As you all look around, you can see that there are a number of hooded figures in various different positions around the theatre with you. This light mist probably comes up to around the tops of your ankles, but it covers the entirety of the theatre. And Melnor is stood on the stage with the two figures behind them. They're sort of, they're not really corporeal, they're more sort of flickering in and out of existence effectively it looks like and the behind them there is a curtain that is closed which would be where the stage is behind them oh so are we all feeling are we are we feeling good about the experiences that we've had do we feel like we wish to submit to any higher powers oh no no i don't <laughs> Oh, well, what are you doing up there? I mean, obviously you're the one behind this, which is surprising. But at the same time, what are you doing? What is all this in aid of? All of this is in aid of an experiment for my masters, as it were. We are looking to recruit, possibly, new members who would uh, be experimented on with various different ailments and magics, all with a grand plan in mind. Have we had enough? I'll turn to everyone else. Have we had enough? Are we are we done with this guy? Person? I think we're done here. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay, oh. I pull out the sword. <laughs> oh, you want to go straight into combat, do you? Okay, well, I mean, you've got all of these lovely hooded figures here. Uh, do you not want to see them to safety? Um, we could just fight and I could just kill them. It's fine with me. Yeah, but if I kill you first, then I don't have to worry about that. Ah, but you have to be able to get to me first, that's the thing. And we'll come down they here be- then. They begin floating off of the ground. <laughs> no, no, you're going the wrong way, come here. <laughs> <laughs> I will go to the nearest hooded figure and take the hood off. Okay, so, um, uh, let's just get everybody to roll me a perception check, please. No, I'm bad at these, it's just to remember how bad. Ah, mm-hmm. oh. so now one for a zero. <laughs> Orion. <laughs> Orion. So I rolled a nineteen, but my passive is twenty-two. That's fine. Yeah, if you're all looking, uh, what did what did uh, Armin, Zana, and Rodi get? Fourteen. 
17. Eight. Eight. Okay. So the so with the particularly high roll from Pat, you notice two smaller figures sat relatively close together and you move over to them and the first one that you come across is a feathered creature uh this feathered creature um do you pull the hoods back or do you just pick them up or anything why is my number <laughs> just sorry about I'll that just pick up the, the hooded creature. No. <laughs> <Come on. laughs> off we go off we go <laughs> we'll uh also lean down and, and pull the hoods. Do they look like they're just sat still and not responding to anything that's going on? Yeah, just sat still, not responding to anything. H- Hello? Are you all right? So the first hood that you lift off, you see the features of an owlin looking back at you, almost staring off in some sort of a trance. They have uh, graying brown feathers. As soon as the hood is lifted, both Zana and Rodi would recognise this as Ferdam Alstorm there companion who helps them out in the shop. With how high you roll back, you notice that there are two puncture holes on on this person's neck. And you move over to the next person and lift their hood up. And you can see Dr. Whipplestitch is sat quite close to them, again in a trance, with a very faint scar beginning to appear on her head, but not quite formed like you've seen previously with other people. And again, two puncture holes on her neck. We'll cast a glance over to Amun. Not in an accusatory way. <laughs> but it was a... you! You were so <laughs> with you me the whole time, you must have done this. <laughs> but in a is vampires sort of sort of way. Um have have we I'm sorry, Josh, it's been a couple of weeks. Did we discover a way to to stop or lessen the the face crack? Uh, not on another person, but on yourselves, it was more of a mental resistance. Right, okay. Uh, in in that case, we'll sort of start squeezing, uh, Agatha's hand, uh, Dr. Whipplestitch. Come along now, it is time to wake up. We're we're here, we found you. Would you like to make me a medicine check? Sure. You do notice, looking at her face, although this scar is beginning to form and she looks like she's in a trance, she does look visibly very exhausted. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was only a nine. Nine. Okay. Well, um, you try to shake her out of it and she shakes a little bit and her eyes flutter, but she's still focused. I should say as well that there is a loud orchestra playing, seemingly coming from behind the curtain, but it's echoing around the entire chamber. Ah, interesting. Uh, now that you mentioned that, that's a, that's a great point. Uh, I would like to try casting silence on us. Bless you. Thank you. Bless you. You, yeah, you can cast silence on yourself, so that the makes the entire area foot, silent. Yeah, 20 foot sphere around myself, trying to include all of the people that are hooded. Yep. You won't be able to get everybody that's hooded. Uh, you, If you were to position it in a certain way, you could get all but probably three people. Okay. Uh, in that case, I'd like to focus on um, Dr. Whipplestitch. Uh, I would like to come... Uh, I mean, can I can I make a... Has Ak come to the conclusion that Nat's come to the conclusion check of that the other people in the hoods are going to be the rest of our pals? 
that have gone missing, and there might yeah. be some useful fighters in this group. Yeah. Uh, so before you just before you do that, just so it helps with the positioning of where you want to put the silence with Armin's role, you instantly spot the largest of the figure, hooded figures. Would you like to go over and remove their hood? And you notice a very white beard sticking out the bottom. So I know who it is. You instantly know who it is. Uh, I probably wouldn't feel the need to go reveal them then, because I know who it is, if that makes sense. Yeah, they like, are probably yeah. just out of the... They're one of the three people that you wouldn't be able to affect if you were to move it in. If you want to affect everybody, like all of you lot, and Dr. Whipplestitch, the Owlin, and one other person who's hooded, then you could affect them, but you wouldn't affect the three that are on the other side of the um, theatre. The other two people, however, Zana notices both of them. One of them is a medium-sized figure, and the other one, and the other is a shorter figure, a little bit taller than Dr. Whipplestitch and, and uh, Ferdin, but still of a smaller stature. I'll go check, please. You go over to check. Which one would you like to check first? Ever is closer. Okay, so you, you get to the smaller one first. The smaller one is wearing a larger hood than the others, and it looks like they've got sort of almost like an elongated head, maybe. That's how it looks with the hood on anyway. But as you pull the hood back, you recognise this person as one of the dead rats in. Uh, they are, again, in a trance, but they've got a big scar going down the side of their face, glowing blue, the irises of their eyes glowing blue, fixated on the stage. And the other figure that you look as in at... Din? As in Armin Din. Din? Yeah, Din, mm. as in Din. What did I say? No, I was just checking. I was just checking it was Din. Oh, yeah. yes, yeah, Din. Um, Din, with the Din. And you also notice with the 17 that Din also has two puncture holes on the side of their neck. And yeah. the, la the last one you go up to, you pull the hood back and you're instantly hit with confusion. As you see a very familiar face underneath here. It's your face. My face. It's me. I'm the DM. I'm in a trance. <laughs> you see a set of very recognizable red hair with a scar going down the side of the face, blue eyes transfixed, and two bite holes on the side of their neck as Melnor is staring back at you. Now, before anything else happens, where would you like the silence to go, Ak? Uh, I think taking all that in, I would like... <laughs> what the... <laughs> <laughs> this is a lot of information to take in within six seconds. Uh, I would like to try and get... Um, of the people that, that were still sat down in a trance, I'd like to focus on the people whose scars are glowing the most. So, so even if that does not include Dr. Whipplestitch. Yeah, so you would need to move it more over to the sort of right side, which mm -hmm. is where... Uh, Armin's friend, uh, mm -hmm. his name is uh, Erthos, where Melnor and Din all are. They all have, or you don't know about Erthos, who's not been pulled down, but the other two at least have got the golden, uh, the golden, the blue glow scarred with the eyes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that That's who I'm aiming to get. Okay. So you cast it on them. Uh, the silence emits, and you watch as the glow diminishes and they sort of slump in their chairs and begin, begin looking around confused and go to speak but nothing happens as this happens you just hear from up at the stage <laughs> we don't because we're in, we're in it as well oh you're in it as well oh okay 
You just hear mouthing. Well, you can leave it though. <laughs> well, so I was going to say, from I mean, with my zero perception, I don't think I've even clocked that there are people, other people around, um, in hoods. I think I've probably I've seen Melnor on stage, and with my extremely poor wisdom and not so great intelligence, I've just kind of. I'm just really pissed off. I'm like, hang on, oh fuck, Melnor's Melnor's fucked us, and so I'm I'm raging, uh, not raging in a barbarian. <laughs> uh, uh, so I think I would have, I probably would have uh, shape shifted into a young um, halfling. Um, within the robes, and I would have stealthed out and be kind of like crawling about on between the seats at the minute while okay. all of the silence, everything is happening. So I don't know necessarily if I would be caught in that twenty foot radius. You can make a stealth check for me. Yeah. Mm, that is a nineteen. Nineteen. Okay. So you seemingly disappear beyond within the chairs and in the direction that you're choosing to go in. All the rest of you, the figure smiles. Yes, Ahmed? I was going to ask if I could do something just whilst Ethos actually wakes up. Yeah. Um, which is just sort of like wave at him, try to speak, realise I can't, just give him a thumbs up, look at Mailnorn, and then look at the fake Mailnorn, point and go, <laughs> he looks at you and just gives a very slight nod and you all hear those of you who are within the silence would hear within your heads uh, a la- the laugh <laughs> oh that's a that's a very neat little trick I'm surprised it took you so long to figure it all out and as you turn to fake Melnor you watch as their form begins to change and their clothes don't change. They're still wearing the very smart conductor's outfit, but it shifts from Melnor, grows smaller and becomes Dr. Whipplestitch, then grows, then shifts again and becomes uh, Ferdum, then shifts again and becomes a familiar-looking guard, and then shifts again and turns into Din, and then turns back into a figure that you, none of you have seen before. Pale, grey skin, very deftly in appearance with gaunt, very gaunt with uh, the skin almost like tight on their sort of facial structure. Two razor sharp fangs, They're, the whites of their eyes are blood red with the irises being the brilliant blue colour that everybody else or the other control people have been. And they've got a scar on their head which is like an upside down trident and it is bright blue. Hello there. I'm speaking in your minds, but let me introduce myself. My name is Mordecai, and I wish for you to join our collective. Do you comply, or would you like to air out your grievances with a bit of fighting? I want to throw a javelin at him. I I was going to (laughs) say, also, yeah, from wherever they are, Hidden, not a brilliant stealth roll for them, but so if, uh, yeah, a hand axe would come flying at them. Okay. Anybody who wants to make a surprise attack certainly can. Uh, for those of you inside the bubble, spells with vocal uh, voice components will not work. Sorry. Yeah, I don't think there's going to be a lot I can do, and throwing something is not likely to be my uh, 
initial instinct anyway. I'd like to see if I can recognize the upside down trident. Like yeah. if I know what that is. That's yeah. somebody's symbol or something. You can definitely roll a history check. Yeah. Eighteen. With an eighteen, you would probably need to get a little bit closer to get a definitive look on it. But you have noticed once or twice when you were with your father's company in Waterdeep that there was a company who employed a not so much an upside down trident, but it was more of like a visual representation of a kraken as the symbol. So, but you would need to get closer in order to have a look. Okay. I think uh, rather than try to attack not Mel, uh, Mordecai, um, once the silence has been cast, sort of hopefully awakening those that had the scars, um, Ak will go closer to um, Dr. Whipplestitch. And I would like to, there doesn't seem to be any verbal uh, components to this, but I can read thoughts as a channel divinity. That's fine. Uh, going to where Dr. Whipple Stitch is or cast casting it. And if you, are you staying in the silence or are you going to come out of the silence? To get to Dr. Whipple Stitch, you'll have to come out of the silence. Uh, I, I can do it to anyone within 60 feet of me. So I can stay within the silence and do it. Yeah, you can do that. And you connect to Dr. Whipple Stitch's thoughts. Um, uh, well, she technically has to make a wisdom saving throw uh, if you think she's under control enough or if she would allow me to do it then I guess she can auto fail but it's technically a, a saving throw I will roll not because what the physical dice this not not because uh, she would naturally resist but because you weren't able to break her out before there is going to be some resistance pretty good so you try to connect with Dr Whipplestitch and you feel a force trying to push you back but seemingly just gives way and lets you enter into Dr. Whipplestitch's mind and you just hear Eric? Eric, is, is that you? Yes, Doctor. It is me. I'm here. We're here to, to try and get you out of this mess. Uh, I'm going to get, uh, so as part of this because it's a channel divinity, I can cast suggestion as an action. So I, I will uh, if you want this... Uh, to be like I've already had my action before the surprise round then that's absolutely fine I can save it but um, otherwise we'll try casting suggestion as part of this to uh, to tell her to what was it we had to do we had to just sort of yeah it's like a a focus a, wi a wisdom sort of <laughs> a wisdom role but like less mechanical than that uh, we'll just try and encourage her to focus your mind Agatha, push the music out. Ignore it. I, I, I will certainly try. Um, I'll let you do that, and that will cast as an advantage on the next time that she has to make a check. Cool. Thank you. Uh, so with the javelin and throwing axe rolls, what did we get? Oh, living roll. Hang on. Um, yes. I need to check. I think it's a 19 in total. Okay. Oh, that's not right. 
Yeah. 19. Uh, yeah. Uh, so that's a dirty 20. So as the javelin and the thrown axe seemingly come, well, not so much the javelin, but the thrown axe definitely comes out of nowhere. As they sail towards Mordecai, he just looks at both of them, steps backwards, lifts both of his hands and catches both of them in his hands and just snaps them. Uh, effectively, that's his way of casting shield. Um, he casts shield on himself. Ah, oh, you're going to need better tricks than that. Uh, Rody, what, what, is there anything you want to do on your surprise round? Um, Before we roll initiative? What, um... If, oh, gone. I was just say, if this is a surprise round, I technically get to use my whole turn if, if, if I'm allowed to. All I have to do is, essentially, 7th level barbarians have this new feature, whereas as long as they rage, is the first thing they can take their whole turn as normal. So if this is a sorry, if this is a surprise round, would I've been able to do that? Yeah, yeah, I'll allow that. If you're raging, yeah, it's fine. Great. I mean, I'm lower on initiative than Rody, so Sean, you yeah. can go first. Let Rody go, yeah, and then you can finish the rest of your turn. I mean, my thinking was just like, how? Who wasn't included in the silence spell? So currently not in the silence spell would be Rion. Have you moved out of the range of silence now? Would you say? Um, yeah, I think so. Just for for variety's sake. <laughs> um, That's fair. But who? Um... In terms of NPC, all of you are within it, um, mm-hmm. other than Rion. And NPC-wise, you've got. Uh, uh, sorry, Doctor Whipplestitch. That's the name. Doctor Whipplestitch, Ferdum, uh, and. There was one other person. Who's the other person? Ah, and one hooded figure that's not within it. Whipple Stitch, Ferdum, and a mystery person. Yeah. Mystery friend. Mystery friend. <laughs> so I was stalling for time, hoping that I also knew, um, had, had a way of getting silent. Um, Silence, but I'm not sure that I do. Um, sorry. Yes, I do. Yes. Um, so I, um, seeing that silence worked on the people that are within, um, Rody will kind of go outside of the the area, and then. Actually, do I have to? Yes, it, it's 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 verbal. So I, I run out of the area, so just outside, so that I can cast a, a silence. Again, probably on top of myself, um, but to include the other NPCs who haven't been encapsulated. Okay. Um, I do, however, have to do this using my Mizium apparatus. So oh. I'm going to roll. <laughs> and see whether I actually do just, this. Just before you roll, how far away are you from everybody else? Just in case it blows up. Um, I, I, will literally, <laughs> I will literally just go to the edge of Axe Silent Spell. So you're about 20 feet away from everyone then? If you blow Dr. Whipplestitch up, I should be very cross. Well, the DC was a um, 14, and I rolled a 20. Don't worry about it. Uh, Roder to Wendy. Um, it's fine. A little fireball never hurt anybody except everybody it hurt. 
<laughs> but you cast silence. Yes. Over yeah. yourself and the other NPCs. The one hooded figure sort of lulls a little bit, sort of leans forward slightly and begins shaking their head. Or shaking the hood begins to shake as if they're shaking their head. Um, third and snaps out of it, and so does uh, Dr. Whipple Stitch. They both just start looking around, looking at each other, sort of go ah! at each other, and then look towards every, everything going around and go, ah, everything happening. If um, if if it's not too much in, in a single kind of round, I would try and unveil the other hooded figure as well. Yeah, well, you walk over to them, and it's easy enough to pull the hood off. Uh, you recognise a black-furred tabaxi with a now-not-glowing scar down the side of their face. This would be Rion's friend, Mask in Shadows. Mm. And cool. then, Armin, the rest of your turn. Right, so... He's flying, isn't he? Yeah. The other two figures... It's an auditorium. The other two figures have become flying as well. And how high is the ceiling? The ceiling is probably about 60, 70 foot up. You can right, see that I there's can... elements of it where the roof seems to have caved in and there's rocks and stalactites that are sticking out, sticking through so the ceiling. With my movement, because I can use half my, half my movement when I enter my rage, and that gives me another 45. Mm -hmm. So half of 45 is... 22.5 so 20 say round down so I have 65 movement in total yeah would that be able to get me up onto the ceiling you would be able to get to a point where you could probably make a ranged attack at them but you wouldn't be able to get directly above them because they're not they're sort of like 20 30 feet above the stage at the minute cool I'm probably I'm probably just gonna run away from everyone up the up the wall in that weird horrible vampire way that I've been doing, um, where movement doesn't look right. I can just run up it now, um, and I'm just going to chuck two javelins at them whilst I do it. The aim being to end up directly above them and to drop on them with my great sword. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so make two more javelin attacks at them. What? Well, it's just it's just one more because okay, I already more. attacked once. Uh, I'll do it recklessly though. Oh, I can't because it's ranged, isn't it? It's ranged, so I can't mm. recklessly attack. So that's just that won't hit a twenty-one. No, wait, that's not right. It's not a twenty-one. It's a twelve. What? An eleven? An eleven? eleven. Mordecai, Mordecai just moves to the side in the javelin. Embeds itself into the stage. At this point, can everybody roll me initiative, please? <laughs> So, Ak, what did you roll? Uh, 15. 15, cool. Uh, Armin? 12. Rion? Uh, 21. Zana? 9. And Rody? Mm, uh, uh, also a 12. And... Okay, so... I'll let you decide on each of your turns which one of you two wants to go first. Let me just quickly roll some here. Happy with Sean going for I think I think we 
we decided that this, the support caster will try and support first. Fair enough. And as combat begins, at the beginning of their turn, with Mordecai raised 30 feet in the air, he raises his hands up and just claps. And as he claps, you watch as the mist around you begins to shake and vibrate as these, and it begins to sort of lick up and form into a number of things. Let me just roll some dice. You watch four misty forms begin to sort of coalesce and form. One of them is Sana's father. The other one is Dr. Whipplestitch. Another one is a moth. And the final one is a not as big as it was, but slightly smaller troll. But moving in the winds of the mist. They're just going to keep floating there with a big grin on their face, cusping to sort of stroking their chin and go, uh, did anybody, did any of you happen to think of, uh, where you might have left me last time I saw you when I was in Melnor's form. Some very tasty feast I had. Ak, you're going to have a bit of a clean-up job in your undercroft. <laughs> That's the end of his turn. Uh, Rion, it is your turn next. Uh, okay. Am I still hidden among chairs from things? What's what's around me? Uh, I would have said when you made your attack, you'd probably become unhidden. Yeah, but, fair. Uh, in terms of what's around you, the, sh- the mists themselves have more formed up around the others. So they're more sort of like in the center aisle bit and you're in the chairs on the left-hand side. Okay. Uh... The stage is 10 feet away from you, but Mordecai is 20 feet, 25 feet in the air. Yeah. I mean, now that he's snapped my uh, my hand axe into, don't really have a lot I can do for a distance. Um, so... Just a moment. Uh, so I think I am going to... Bonus action, duck down between the chairs again and hide. I'm going to make a line move towards the aisle where some of these things are and attack one of the things that has formed in the mist. Okay, dokie. Which one would you like to attack? You've got one that looks like Zana's dad. You've got one that looks like a troll that you saw at the orphanage. You've also got one that looks like um, Dr. Wigglestitch and the, and then one more. I think with it being a smaller version of the troll, am I still gonna? Yeah, no. I think with it being smaller, I'm, I'm not frightened of it in the same way. So I decide to go for that. I reckon. Okay. Make an attack roll against the troll, please. Uh, that is uh, twenty-five to hit. That will hit. Roll some damage. Uh, and because I'm an assassin rogue now. That's a crit. Ooh. Yeah. Um, uh, so that makes uh, 12, uh, 17 points of damage. Um, okay, so you 
Did you get a second attack, or is that just the one? No, that's my, it's my only attack. Okay, so as you come out from the chairs and jump up and strike into this misted troll form, you watch as you cut... I get to add my sneak attack as well. Which is doubled. Yeah, so that's another 10. So 27 points of damage. Oh, okay. Spicy. You cut through a lot of this troll's form and there's not much of it left. It is, uh, for all intents and purposes, on its last legs. It doesn't have legs, but it's on its last legs. A sift breeze will blow it away. Still, the silence is still active, correct? Yeah. Yeah, so I think, like, Rion would be screaming quite kind of cathartically through this, and that's that's the expression on their face. As as still a tiny young halfling. So they're very, like about three and a bit feet tall with a big scimitar. A very angry tiny halfling. And at the end of your turn, the mists begin to move around. The troll turns around and attacks into you. Mm-hmm. To make this attack at you. Uh, that is a... Oh, it touches you, and you you need to make a constitution saving throw for me, please. Okay. Not I thought that was attack for a second. Constitution throw 15. 15, you pass. Da, 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 da. Yeah, so as it goes, as it sort of, its form envelops around you, you can feel it trying to drain the life force from you, but you resist it and it pulls away. And if it could make a noise at you, it would, but it can't, so it won't. Uh, Daddy Daddy Zana is going to move over to Zana and is going to envelop Zana. No! (laughs) Don't want a hug! Can you make a constitution saving throw, please? Okay. If it helps, you can't hear him saying anything to you this time. That's nice. Yeah. 18. 18. So again, you feel this necrotic energy try to take over your... try to drain you of your life force, but it has no effect. And that angry look of your father just forms in your face as Dr. Whipplestitch Misty Form attacks or tries to sort of sit on or envelop Ak. Uh, for a constitution saving throw, please. Sure, sure thing. I mean, I'm right next to the real Dr. Whipplestitch, so this has less uh, less it's, of a fear effect, I think. It's a Dr. Whipplestitch oh. sandwich. <laughs> Come now, Josh. She's a respectable older lady. Uh, that is only a four, though. Okay, so... Technically, Whipplestitch would be the bread. It'd be an axe sandwich. <laughs> this is true, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you will take 11 points of necrotic damage and your hit point maximum will be reduced by 11. That's As it begins to pull the... uses necrotic energy to pull your life force out. For all of you, including that, you'd see this as well. The sort of life force, the light that comes out of you, travels through the mist, up onto the stage and up through the air and into Mordecai. Yeah. Seemingly feeding him. Uh, the next one, which is uh, so we've had the troll, we've had Daddy, we've had um, Ak. The last one, which is another Master Shadows, is going to move over and to try to attack Rion. Uh, can you make a Constitution saving throw, please, Rion? Mm-hmm. Um, 
moth one. There's a moth one. It suddenly turned into a Mask of Shadows one because Josh forgot which one it looked like. <laughs> uh, they're totally ganging up on me then, aren't they? Jeez. Um, 17, sorry. 17. It tries to drain your life and nothing happens again. All of this, all of this silence that's going on is, uh, is causing a bit of an issue for these creatures to try and communicate with you, try to shout and shout obscenities at you. But that is the end of their turn. If they can do that at all, that is. Uh, next is Melnor's turn. Melnor stands up, looks around, and just looks to all of you and mouths, what should I do? Uh, they're going to hold their action until somebody gives them an order of some sort. This is going to be fucking hard, isn't it? <laughs> uh, next, there is a... Uh, I need everybody. Everybody's in the silence, aren't they? No. Who's not in the silence? So, I mean... Rion, did you get back in? Well, I think I would have... Yeah, because I'm now in the aisle with all of the mystic. Yeah things. Okay, so you've got two at the moment that are sort of encompassing almost like two 20-foot areas that sort of overlap and you can move between them and I, all of that sort of stuff. I figured I would have been caught in uh, Rody's second one anyway. Yeah. So the only person who needs to roll then is Armun. Can you roll me a wisdom saving throw? Because you don't have a scar, you can roll this normally. Well, you know, don't fail me now, wisdom saving throws. We've done great so far. Um, oh god, they're not that good though. At them, five, five. <laughs> okay, so as you are beginning oh. to crawl up the side of this wall, the music is surrounding everything that's happening. It just almost picks up in intensity. With how high you are, you can see over the curtain, and you can see that there is an orchestra playing behind the curtain itself it's a complete and I'm, I'm going to give you this for free it's completely a mixed match of people people wearing various different tattered clothing muddy dirty a few of them might look similar to the posters that you've seen Zana have in the book and they all have got scars on their faces it's like a bright blue glow coming from over there however your vision shifts for a second from looking at Mordecai and you find yourself can you run me a d4 please Two. Two. So you find yourself with a javelin in hand looking at Ak and throwing it towards Ak. Can you make an attack roll, please? Okay. Uh, natural one. So you're welcome. <laughs> you go to throw it and it's like you get a sense of control of yourself just before you throw it. And instead of lobbing it with all force, you just go, uh, and it just falls to the floor. That is the layer action. Next is Mask and Shadows. Am I still on the ceiling? Still on the ceiling, yeah. All right, cool. I'm not having. I was like, did I somehow teleport? Like, what the fuck? (laughs) Mask and Shadows is looking very confused, stands up and sees Rhodey in front and goes to speak, realizes there's nothing coming out of her mouth and goes to walk towards where Rion is, which is within the silence. So she gets over and she's going to try and attack into one of the shadows. I'm going to roll for her because she has a stab. That's a natural 20. So she (laughs) 
I've rolled so many of those. She's going to run over and she's going to attack into the one that looks like herself. And you watch as the daggers sort of cut through and cause a substantial amount of damage, but don't quite kill the um, the Mask and Shadows ex-moth mist. Next, we have... Was moth, now cat. Um, yeah, I realised I should have uh, should have cast silence on the orchestra instead, uh, rather than where we are. Sorry, I have a plan. It'll be fun. If it okay, works. sure. Kill the orchestra. <laughs> Kill all the orchestra. <laughs> how many turns will that take? How many of them? Wait. How big is the orchestra? Silence the orchestra. I always uh, say we've missed a trick here because they should have been all made up of orcs. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, orchestra. Uh, if you were to go through Zana's book, Zana would know. Oh, actually, no, you can't communicate with each other because you're silent. So I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> we don't have time for that. There's, there's Rion's getting beaten up. There's bad mm-hmm. things. I don't know how many of our friends are combat capable. Masks in Shadows is at least. Uh, how close to. The spectrally wraith people is Mordecai. They're probably within 10 feet of him, but they're also floating in the air. Great. Okay. I'm going to uh, give um, Dr. Whipplestitch's hand a squeeze. And uh, is there a, a visible exit that I could point people to if they want to leave? Yeah, so the the theatre itself is of similar design to the Blue Lake Theatre, so the exit is to basically the north of where you currently are, behind you. Opposite side side of the stage. We'll we'll point that way, but in a, like... Like, shrug, leave. (laughs) And then I will um, step out of the the silent sphere, and I would like to please... Uh, summon a guardian of faith. Uh, so Ak is going to pull out their quill and draw in the in the air uh, a spectral raven that will uh, sort of, as they finish, throw it and it will grow larger and larger and larger with the the wings kind of hovering over. I would like it to be slap bang right in the middle of Mordecai and the um, and the creatures. Uh, it does nothing until the start of their turn, at which point they need to make a deck saving throw if they're within 10 feet of it. Okay. As you go to summon it, you just hear from Mordecai as you step out, I think you've had a little bit too much fun, my little feathered friend, and it's going to cast a counter spell at third level. I believe Guardian of Faith is a fourth level spell, so I'll need to roll for it. That's my only fourth level spell slot, Josh, you meanie. I need to roll, I need to roll for it, though. I could have cast it higher, but I'm going to roll. Um, I'm going to screenshot this and send this to you. Ah. Another natural 20. It's another natural 20. What is this? The DM curse. It's the DM curse. Every time. Every time. I, I have the opposite DM curse. Hmm. As you, as your guardian begins to form in between them, it just fizzles out as the violinist begins to play at a rapid speed. So the counter spell doesn't even come from Mordecai; it comes from the violinist, and it just like, explodes into sparkly feathers that begin just floating and then dissipate on the floor. 
Mm. Oh, that's frustrating. Are you uh, saying that they um, played a counter movement? Now is not the time, Sean. <laughs> Always is <laughs> the time. Uh, I think there's very little else I can do then. In that case, uh, Ak is going to squawk frustratedly at Mordecai. <laughs> Uh, actually, I will. I will channel divinity. <laughs> I'll channel divinity to regain my uh, spell slot that I spent on silence, and uh, and then I'll scoot back into the silence dome. Okay, so you scoot back into the silence dome, and uh, at the end of your turn, Mordecai is going to look down towards you and go, "Oh, oh, I don't think that is going to prove too useful for too long now, is it?" And as a legendary action, he is going to cast Dispel Magic on your silence. Which one? Uh, the one that Axe just got back into. Wow! <laughs> so, you, as you step in and everything goes silent, Axe, you just feel all the sound rush back in. And as the sound rushes back in, you've got Melnor, uh, Eros, and... Who was the other one? And Din, all within that bubble. As soon as the sound goes, their marks begin to light up blue again, and they sort of dull down and begin looking up at the stage. Nah, this is going to be a problem. Uh, At the end of Axe's turn, that makes it Airfoss's go. He is going to stand up and he shrugs the cloak off of his shoulders and it he's, stands just over seven feet tall. He reaches behind his back and pulls out a large Adachi similar to the one that um, Amun wields and is going to point it down towards where he can see uh, Melnor, not Melnor, sorry, um, Zana and is going to move towards Zana and take a strike at them. Um, I would allow for to get an opportunity attack if you want, as he would need to pass you to get to Zana. Uh, it would have to be an unarmed strike because I don't have Warcaster and I've only otherwise got a crossbow. Hmm. Uh, but, you know, I'll, I'll go in for a slap. Slap <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, down. Very well. Oh, okay. Well, that was it was a non-nat 20 to hit. Uh, but I'm, I'm not strong, so... I think I don't actually do any damage. Uh, <laughs> so I do a minimum of one damage. A natural 20 will hit, and you will do one point of damage to Eros as he moves in and take, goes to take a strike at... <laughs> I appreciate it. I appreciate the me. <laughs> I try. <laughs> uh, that is a dirty 20 to hit. Uh, yeah, 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 it hits me, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, you, you will take 17 points of slashing damage from that. 17? Um, yes. No, can I silvery barbs that? You certainly can, let me just roll that again. Please do. That's 12 to hit. Oh, doesn't hit me. As the strike goes to hit true, and it looks like it's going to come right down on your face, the blade seem, seemingly jilts slightly and smashes into one of the chairs, causing it to shatter into a million pieces. He looks frustrated, but he's taken a lot of his movement to get over to you, so can't do anything for the rest of this turn. Thank you. Uh, at the end of... Uh, who are you going to give the advantage to? I will give the advantage to Mizana as well. 
Okay, so next is Amun Ra's turn. I am going to jump from the ceiling, hopefully into Mordecai, taking them through the curtain, hopefully pulling the curtains off onto the orchestra. Okay. So I'm going to try and grapple check Mordecai from the sky into the curtains, rolling into the orchestra, hopefully disrupting everything. Stop that okay. tune. So make and me... If worst comes to worst, I'll hit the floor and the orchestra and disrupt that. Do you know what mm -hmm. I mean? Without Mordecai. Make me an attack roll. Is it not just a grapple check? Because I'm just grappling. Yeah, yeah, you can do that. Sweet, because I have advantage on this. <laughs> I meant to say grapple check, not attack. Oh, sweet, sweet, sweet. That's my brain for you. Ugh. This is what we like to see. Cool. My athletics is a plus seven for a total of 26. That, even with the shield, is going to go through. You almost like wrestling style spear into Mordecai. The sheer force and weight that you carry behind you from the fall causes both of you a And as you both fall, you notice the two spectral figures almost whiplash and get pulled down with you. You crash into the curtain, causing it to, and these are normally quite, you know, if anybody's been to a theater before, those sort of curtains are normally quite thick and sturdy, but these ones are ripped and torn and some of the, the bits that hold them up aren't there. So you just rip the curtain completely down. You both get completely tangled up in it, but the entire orchestra is revealed and the music for a second stops. It'll stop for the rest of this round anyway. Sweet. Because uh, I've grappled them, I'm going to pull out the sword and start shanking them with it. <laughs> yeah. Can't go anywhere. Uh, and I'll do it rec recklessly. Go for it. Um, why not? That is a 23 to hit. 23 will hit. Sweet stuff. Uh, 2d6 plus 16, I believe. I don't think I have any of that. It's been a while since I've played this character. I think that's all I can... Yeah, yeah. It's just 16 points of slashing damage in total with the old uh, Adachi. And then, oh. um, yeah. Yes. Oh, were we allowing bonus action off-hand attacks? Yeah. Yeah, I think I'll just like to punch him in the face. Go for it. I love the, just, I love the idea yeah. of that. Go for it. Just go, go in with everything. Just I probably can't even see him. I'm just, just swinging. Just swinging. Everybody else just sees, just sees this curtain just moving around as two people are fighting <laughs> within it. Oh, that's only a 10 to hit this time. As you go to headbutt, as you go to sock him in the face, he just catches your hand. But you notice that when you've attacked him with your dachi, instead of a spray of blood spraying up the side of the curtain, instead you've cut into him, but there's some sort of like white old material underneath and water begins to drip out. Well, I'm raging, so I probably won't have anything witty to say about that. Yeah. But it is weird. <laughs> I'm uh, actually no, like a really soggy wet wipe. Yes, oh. it is. The, the curtain, the, if you're attacking them too many times like that, the curtain will become a soggy wet wipe. 
There's the so many trash. holes in this kit. Yeah. <laughs> I was hoping that everything would just sort of fall apart. Well, yeah. Uh, Niall's happy. Thank you very much. Okay, so I can't do that because I've used all of those for this turn. So that moves to Rody's turn. Sweet. Okay. Um, so Rody is still within the um, the silence that he's created. Yes. Um, forgive me. That the the battlefield around like is is there a large cluster of um, of foes anywhere? Um, so just in front of you, Mask of Shadows has just jumped over the chairs and gone to help Rion, who's currently fighting a shadow version of herself and a troll version, so they're, they're all quite close together, but you've also got Dr. Whipplestitch and Ferdum pretty much just behind Rion, so they're, they're all within your bubble. Within the what would have been the other bubble, you've got the large Leon, Leonian figure who's charged up and started attacking Misana, along with Ak, Melnor, and Din, all in that sort of area. They're all so, within a 20-foot radius of each other. So either way, I've got kind of, if, if I was casting something with like a 30-foot cone, I've got my choice of four people either way. Yeah. Okay. Um, so Brody's going to um, realize that he's in the um, this this bubble and kind of starts tweaking buds, uh, buttons on the apparatus, kind of turns the volume right down to zero, um, and then um, finds a spell that um, he's he's happy with. Um, I'm going to cast Rhymes Binding Ice, which is a um, cone. I'm going to blast it towards um, Mizana and um, the foes fighting them. Um, are there any friends in that area? So you could probably position it. Mm -hmm. that you, so you hit Eros, the large Leonian, and Daddy Zana, mm -hmm. and, and you could just miss Zana. She'd probably get like a lick of coldness on her, but you could hit those two. But could I get all four, even if I hit Zana? You could get, hang on, let me just think of the positioning. You could get three of them and hit Zana, or you could get all four of them, but you would hit Rion and Zana. All four of them. Yep. And I'm going to um, Metamagic Careful Spell to exclude those two. Okay. And any, any, th any three NPCs that might also get in the way. Um, so could everybody... Bar the excluded, please make me a constitution saving throw. Andy, so that is going to be Eros and three missed forms. So let's roll Eros first. I, it just occurred to me that I am casting with this with the apparatus, so I should just, yeah, I easily, easily make it. <laughs> I'm pushing my luck though. <laughs> uh, so Eros rolls an 18. What was the save? Save is uh, 16. 16, so that's uh, 18. And then the mists, the mists don't add... What type of save, sorry? Was it dex? It was constitution. Oh, constitution. So that is a four. So seven for the first mist. Second mist rolled a six. Third mist rolled an eight. So the mists all failed. Cool. Um, so each of them take... Ooh, blimey. Um, on 3d8s... 23. Bloody uh, hell. Nice. 
yes, it was ice. Um, 3d8, uh, sorry, 23 points of cold damage. Uh, and they are hindered by, um, I mean, in the spell it says ice formations, but being as Rhodey's kind of all about th- that time magic, it's kind of like they're, they're slowed down um, and it, the, the kind of damage is caused just by, by not moving um, through time at the same rate as everything that's kind of happening to them. That's very um, cool. Yeah. Um, I've... I've realised as well that mm. with the way that you positioned it, because Ak is quite close to where Zana is, uh, Miss Doctor Whipplestitch is also there, so I'll just roll for them, but they passed 15. Um, save DC is 16. Oh, so they fail as well. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, um, so... Yeah, and, so... Sorry, carry on. 23, 23 points of cold. They're hindered by the, the time magic for either a minute or until another creature within reach of them uses an action to um, to break them out of it. That's um, cool. Their speed is reduced to zero. And would um, would Eros take half that damage? And half, uh, half and not hindered. Okay, so he is on that. The troll, the mist troll, <laughs> just almost it freezes in place and then just breaks and shatters and little flakelets of misty snow just hit the floor. The other three take a heavy amount of damage from this attack. Uh, they all look like they're on their last legs. Sweet. Um, and then seeing as I kind of... Um, uh, I, I clocked Mizana was in trouble. I clocked that uh, Rion was um, in the area and, and kind of excluded them from the... Um, from the spell um and just as as i kind of spot rion i take a little gizmo out of my um my pocket it looks like one of those like little chattering teeth on a set of legs i kind of wind it up and throw it to rion um this is my way of casting bardic inspiration because i took my seventh level in bard um nice you have a d6 thank you you are welcome um is that the end of your turn i think that's enough for me I love the idea that Rodi has not explained that, and mid-combat, Rion's just like, what is this? I'm an artisan. Catches it and looks, and is, I think for anyone watching, has a moment of, oh, okay, there's something there I don't get, but I feel, I feel better now. <laughs> so, at the end of your turn, uh, your passive perception is 20, isn't it, Ak? Uh, 22, if you please. 22, <laughs> if you please. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I rolled a two on that. So, Ak, you would see, as they are closest to you, Din disappears within the chairs. Not very well, the tail was still sticking up. You can see them moving around the chairs, making their way towards you before they pop up and make a short sword attack against you. Uh, this is two attacks, should I say. Uh, that is a 17 to hit on the first one. Uh, that will hit, yes. And the second one will be a 15 to hit. That one does not hit, no. So the first one sort of pierces into the sort of chinks off of the side of your armour, but they quickly bring it back and slash across your stomach area and they will cause five points of piercing damage and four points of poison damage. Oh, really? As you can see, the blade is dripping with this strange liquid. Uh, yeah. That is the end of their turn as they have moved a bonus action and attacked 
This is all very unnecessary. Stop listening to the music. <laughs> uh, next is Zana's turn. Okay. First off, it's my steel defender. Is Beatty the massive beetle there? Uh, you can't see them around here at the minute. Hmm. Okay. But I can speak, can I? Because I'm not in the silence. You're not in the bubble, no. I'm going to call out for Beatty. <laughs> Beatty! <laughs> Beatty! <laughs> um, Roll a d4 for me. Please. I should uh, say, because that's rude for me not to say that. I appreciate it. That's a four. Okay. Um, the, uh, people, uh, those attacking me have been frozen, right? So your your dad is frozen and looks mm-hmm. like they're currently slowed. Um, the large Leonin figure that is currently towering over you looks unaffected by. Looks like they've taken damage, but looks like they're not frozen. But they are under the uh, under the the sort of suggestion spell, yeah. right? Okay. Yeah. Um, I need to talk this out for a moment. I want to do magical tinkering. Mm-hmm. Uh, as my action, I want to be a, a tiny non-magical object. Now I'm pro- I, I tinker and make little weird things too, and I can <laughs> I can put like a twenty-five word, no no, uh, six seconds of a long recording in there. Okay. What I want to do, I want to speak into a tiny thing and be like, "You're wonderful. Please stop hurting us. Don't listen to the music." And I want to, I want to put, attach it to their ear so they can't hear the music. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. I will give you the choice of mm-hmm. sleight of hand or athletics to try and get this in their ear. Mark off the magical tinkering. I'm going to sleight of hand. <laughs> 17. Okay. And how many of these do you have? Well, I can I can do it up to four times before um, I run out. And I'm just as an action, I'm just going to do it to one and pop it on <laughs> to try and wake up the scary Leonin. <laughs> to say they'd stop attacking us and maybe try to help us. Okay, so you jump up and as he's sort of growling at you, you just go in the side of the head and he goes, just shakes his head and tries to knock it, knock at it to try and knock whatever there is that's <laughs> gone in. You watch, because both ears aren't covered, it's only gone in one ear, mm-hmm. the blue glow is still there, but it is flickering and you can see the colour of his normal irises show through. Shock of, look of shock, look of anger, look of shock, look of anger as the colours keep flicking between the two. He is, he's still under the effects, but it's faltering because he's got two different voices in his head effectively. Right, okay. Okay, so I have to get, I have to get two, one in each ear. All right, okay, I'm halfway there. He's big scary, big scary, we kind of need that one. Beatty's not here, that's hard fun. All right. Um, I can't... It would evoke an attack of opportunity if I try and get out of the way, right? Yes, it would be, yeah. Yeah, I don't want to do that. 
Uh, yeah, the things I was going to do, I can't do now, so that's all I'm going to be able to do right now. Okie dokie. So at the top of the round, as all of this stuff is going on, you can hear a rumbling sound coming from outside of the theatre itself, but nothing happens yet. It gets to Mordecai's turn, and he's currently grappled and wrestling with Amun within this tent. You can see this water is dripping out of the wound that you've caused to him, and he just looks to you, goes to grab you. He's going to try and grapple you with an attack. This will be an unarmed strike from him. This is a 19 to hit you. Yeah, that hits. Yeah. And then Should he's going And then he's going to attempt to bite you. Okay. Um. So <clears throat> he bites into you, and you watch as his fangs sink in and begin drawing blood out. Uh, and that is going to be 10 points of piercing damage. Eight Off points. To five. Yeah, eight points of necrotic damage. Is any of it psychic? Can you make me an intelligent saving throw, please? Oh, fuck's oh, sake. No. Saving throws aren't with me today. That was a four. Okay, so you'll take ten points of piercing damage, eight points of necrotic damage. Your health will be reduced by the eight. You'll How also does that work when you're halving that damage? What, half in the necrotic? Yeah. So you then take the four points and then just reduce it by the four instead. Okay, so my hit point maximum is reduced by four. Yep, you'll then take eight points of psychic damage. If you're resistant, you will then half that. And I'm not resistant to psychic damage. Okay, so you'll take the full eight and you feel your body begin to get exhausted as you take one level of exhaustion for the draining. Well, well, well. And? Turns out fighting the big big bad by yourself isn't a great idea. And? Can you tell me what you're currently thinking? (laughs) Ow. (laughs) I hate Uh, this stupid bad (laughs) butt. If you fail, Mordecai can discern your target service emotions and thoughts. So, anything you're currently thinking? Plans on your next turn, maybe? Yeah, probably just like, I'm sick of fucking vampires fucking... <laughs> I feel like as he's like hammering this sword into it, so I'm sick of fucking vampires fucking, fucking people's lives <laughs> As he stops biting... And then biting, talking about it! <laughs> as he bites into you... Ooh, that's quite the taste you've got there. Licks his fingers. I really... I know this taste. I've tasted a being like this before. Mm, how many years ago was it now? Many years ago. Oh, a woman. Lovely. Just begins licking his fingers. This guy's going to get his head chopped off. <laughs> Rion, it's your turn. Cool. Um... Rubbling coming from outside. It gets, it's getting louder and closer. Rumbling coming from outside. Like, what, yeah. what, what kind Come of... Come on, rumbling? Come on, Beatty! Like a beetle? Um, like oh, a giant kind of... mechanical beetle rumbling? <laughs> Not like thunder rumbling? No, it's like uh, tyre hitting. Right, okay. Tarmac. type <laughs> rumbling. Like a giant ball bearing. Yeah. Rearing down the street. Uh, okay, cool. Um, 
So yeah, where can can you give me a sort of overview of where everything's got to at this yep. point? Because I've so, sort of lost track a bit. That's fine. So in terms of the situation that Rion finds himself in now, yep. the troll has been frozen and shattered into a million pieces. Shadow mar- oh, mist uh, mask is stood in front of you trying to attack. You've got real mask stood next to you trying to attack into you, looking at you with a grin on their face. You've mm-hmm. got both Dr. Whipplestitch and Ferdum behind you. Amun is about 65 feet in the air. Oh, no, not 65 feet in the air. He's on the stage with um, Mordecai wrapped up in a uh, curtain with the two spectral figures hovering not far above the ground. And then on the other side is where everybody else is in intermingling and fighting. Right. And what's... what's- the silence spells. It's just uh, on your area here. Rody's also with you, I should say, as well. Right, yeah. Cool. Uh, I think I'm just going to attack the mist mask in shadows. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, so that will be a 19 to hit. That's going to hit. Do some damage. Cool. Mm-mm-mm. Oh, that's the wrong one. That one. Uh, so that's uh, that's ten, and then my other things. Nice. Uh, that becomes uh, wait, yeah, twenty-one points damage. Okay. So as you attack into this mist form, it just just explodes into mist and sort of settles back into the very ground itself, which is still covered in mist itself. But uh, you've just destroyed misty shadow. Shadow of Mist, Misty Shadows. Mm. Misty Shadows sounds like another D&D character. It does, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and I think I would, with that, I would probably move over... I would move towards... Um, I forget the big Leonin's name um, to help out Miss Sana. Earthos. So you've got Earthos and Misty, Zana's dad. Uh, they're the closest to you, and Zana's sort of just on the other side of them. So yeah, I guess I would get in uh, in combat range with those two to sort of take a bit of heat off of Miss Zana. Okay. And at the end of your turn, there is a loud crashing, clanging noise that comes from the entranceway to the theatre, as almost as if it's gone up some sort of a strange ramp that may have magically placed itself there in order to make this look really, really cool. This large beetle, mechanical beetle, shoots through the building itself, causing a massive hole, landing and skidding into place. You all hear the horrendous tire screeching noise as it knocks chairs flying and unfurls itself and looks around, spots Miss Zana and begins making its way over. You now have your uh, steel defender for your next turn. My baby! Uh, at the... So that was the end of Rion's turn. The last two... The last mist forms are going to try to attack now. What was the limitation on their attacks, please, Rody? Um... It's just that they are stuck in place. Um, they, um, sorry, I was looking at other things that I might be able to do. Um, uh, yeah, their speed is zero, and um, uh, they have to be broken out by another creature, or after a minute, it'll wire off. 
Okay, that's fine. As their attacks require them to move into another creature's space in order to try and drain their life, they're not able to do anything. So they both just... You can see them try to move to reach out. Zana's father's misty hand probably goes to caress your face to try and drag itself into you, but it just can't do that. It's the same with Dr. Whipple Stitch. Tries to get attach itself to Ak, but just can't get there. Uh, so that is their turn. <laughs> Blow away. <laughs> Melnor's turn. Uh, Melnor screeches out in almost like a horrendous high-pitched almost like a like a how like a witch would scream out and just begins climbing over the chairs and trying to get towards Ak and is going to make one attack against Ak. That's a good point, Josh. I, I have a question. Did um I thought that the orchestra was disrupted by Amon and Mordecai falling into them. Does that it not was, affected yes. any of the, the, the people with the scars? It's not disrupted their no. control over it. It will affect what will happen after Meltnor's turn though. Right, okay. I rolled a two, minus one strength to a one. So, tries to claw at you, no weapons or anything, and does nothing. At the end of Melnor's turn, this would be a layer action. You would all need to make, those of you who can hear, would need to make wisdom saving throws, but the orchestra currently is playing. So, nothing happens. And at that point, before we carry on with the rest of this turn, I think we should go for a break. Take a quick five, ten minute toilet break, grab some more drinks and all of that, and we will see you in a little bit. Bye. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. We have had our break. We have got our drinks. Been toilet and all of that sort of stuff and we are now back into the combat in the first part there was a bit of a discussion with a seemingly evil Melnor who has taken the guise of the conductor but the party quickly established that their friends comrades and Melnor themselves are all being held captive by a vampire named Mordecai who had seemingly been pulling the strings from the very beginning and as combat has gone on, everybody is taking little bits of damage. Some have, some have, some haven't. The music has currently stopped, uh, and we are now going into Mask in Shadow's turn, who is going to attack into nothing, because I just realized that both of those mists are no longer there. It's going to look towards you, Rion, and is going to start sign-languaging I can't do it, so I'm not going to insult people who can do sign language, but basically is going to say to you in sign language, what do we do now? Um, to which I will reply, I think we're, we're getting control of this big Leonin, is, is the goal, I think. And she nods and looks towards Leonin and goes to begin stepping forward and uh, will step out of the silent and move towards uh, Leonin. As she steps out of the silent, she droops and the glow begins to form on her again. So she's now back under the control. Uh, Although you can see that it's flickering. 
So she looks towards you, and it's like flickering her yellow eyes, her blue eye, yellow, blue, yellow, blue, yellow, blue. Uh, and she just stops moving. Um, I should state as well, for our moon's purposes, that when Mordecai bit into you, you know as a vampire hunter yourself that normally vampires would heal when they bite. He didn't heal when he bit you. So he didn't heal the nephrotic damage that was dealt to you. Why? You don't know. But... He's, yeah, he's bleeding weird, so that, that makes... Yeah. He's a yeah, wet white. Some, yeah. <laughs> something different about him. Uh, Ak, I mean, it's your turn. You can see that Mask and Shadows has stepped out of Rhodey's silence and seems to have come, or beginning to succumb to the mind control effects again. Uh, Dr. Whipplestitch Misty Form is stood next to you currently, almost completely encased in ice, and Eros is the closest, is just in front as well, and Melnor is trying to claw at you, but just with bare hands. Din right in front of me as well, haven't I? In there as well, detail. yeah. Yes, yeah, so you are being properly ganged up on. I've got a party around me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, People looking would think you are the bad guy. Yeah. <laughs> I did nothing. It was not me. Hack BBEG. <laughs> um, do we think that dealing with the orchestra is more pressing or dealing with Mordecai, who I feel like is just going to rip Amon apart if we don't do anything. I'm concerned about both things, but I can only focus on one thing. Mm. Woman needs, like, backup. Really? Mm. Uh, crowd control is a good idea. Okay, yeah. Uh, how much of the orchestra would I be able to get in uh in a 20-foot sphere. All of them. All of them? All of them. I'd say all of them. Position it in just the right place, you could get all of them. Oh, in that case, I will I will cast silence on the orchestra. Okay, so you cast silence. You notice as you look up onto the stage and have to look over, look through the misty form of Dr. Wibblestitch, the, you can see the movement of the curtain sort of bobbing up and down as Amun and Mordecai are fighting within it. You can see there are holes in the curtain. You can see their forms bashing into each other. And um, the orchestra itself, they're doing the same similar sort of thing to what Mask and Shadows and the others who have been completely mind-controlled have done at some point, and they've just stopped. And they're just staring at the floor. But the silence sort of goes over the and okay. nothing else happens at the minute. I mean, even if they are being controlled by Mordecai, the logic is Mordecai is telling them to play the music, which is what is affecting everyone else, I hope, because yeah. we couldn't hear. So uh, I'm hoping that will help. I mean, I am surrounded by people, so I'm likely to get beat up and I don't have a bonus action. Uh, I can't use a bonus action spell to do anything about that because uh, I don't have spirit guardians. Doesn't take that. Sort of try something different this time. Uh, so I think that might be me. Okie yeah. dokie. So at the end of Axe's turn, it is Eros's turn. Uh, with the combination of the music stopping and the 
nice little earbud accessory that Zana has given him in his ear, he is going to make a wisdom saving throw to see if he can shift the effects of the mind control for a time. He rolls 15 plus 217, which we just, I'm reading that out as if I'm one, one of you to tell me what the DC is, but. It's, uh, it's five, Josh. The DC, DC is, is five, five, yes. <laughs> Meets it, beats it. So, he rolls a 17 on his save. That's a little bit of a hint for all of you. Um, he breaks control. Everything, like his eyes go back to its their normal colour. The scar loses its colouring. And he looks around. He, You can see that it's beginning to creep back. So he's only got control of himself for this one turn. But he looks around, sees Masks and Shadow, and runs towards them grabs them and throws them back into the silence and the whole thing they go they basically get themselves back and they stand in the silence um that is the end of his turn uh i should also say ak that you do notice that the orchestra the sort of lights on the orchestra the blue lights have all started going out mm -hmm. so ax just kind of like hunched and and, and crowded like they like just drawing with their, their quill like a, a finger over lips uh, just over and over just being like pay no attention to me pay no attention to me I am not here I'm hiding Amun Ra it is your turn you're currently in close quarters combat with Mordecai himself and then I started stabbing so yeah uh, it's gonna it's gonna continue to just hack away. What is there to do but hacky hack hack hack? Go for a hacky hack hack. You currently sort of have each other grappled at the moment, so if there would be any disadvantages imposed by being grappled, there aren't because you're both grappled. So just sort of headbutt and slogging at each other. Right, I'm gonna reckless. Uh jeez Louise. I think that's only a sixteen to hit for the first one. Hey. Head flight into his, into his face, and it it's like hitting a brick wall. Ah, that's better. Twenty four. Twenty four. You go for another strike, and oh, this is with the great sword. Sorry. Oh, okay. So you just push the great sword into them, right up into their rib cage. You can roll some damage. Great. I feel like I feel like he's kind of he's got the handle and then he's using the blade like where his elbow would be and he's just sort of like trying to hack away into yeah. like an axe rather than a sword. Um, roll some damage. Great. Ah, not so great. That's five plus six is eleven. Eleven points of slushy hacky damage. Still good. Good amount of damage as you. To push the blade into their chest and pull it out again instead of blood coming out there's bits of water and snow that just fall out of the wound and they look towards you oh. <laughs> and just laugh anything else for your turn? Uh, yeah I'm going to bonus action bite them with my teeth go for burn it him. burn him melt him damn them think him like uh, a slushy <laughs> he's undead though Raspberry Where is he? <laughs> he doesn't look. He looks pretty good at the moment. You know what? I'm going to find bite him just in case he isn't undead. Going to see what happens. Uh, 
that is a 25. 25 hits. Great. Uh, it's only two points piercing damage. Is he undead? So you bite into him. He has the... What's the word? He... As you bite into him, you do not draw blood. Instead, as your teeth come out, water pours out of your mouth and a bit of snow pours out of your mouth. He doesn't feel real. Is that the end of your turn? Because we're in a snow globe. Ah. Mm. Uh, yes. <laughs> He's going to quickly interrupt with a legendary action. He's going to pull you in close and go, no, no, no. Secret, secret, secrets. Looks out through one of the holes in the curtain and is going to cast Misty Step as a legendary action and appears 30 feet away from you and about 50 feet above everybody else. And the, the, the wraith-like figures follow behind him as if they teleport as well. Uh, that is his turn done. That cost him two legendary actions to do. So that makes it Rody's turn. Rody, you can see that Mordecai has just appeared above your head. Mm. I'm also just concerned that I'm still concentrating on silence, and that's the only thing keeping some of our allies in the fold. So, um, are there any more of the... So there's, there's two of the... Um, Misty people left, right? Yep. One is on Miss Zana. One is on uh, Ak, but they're both frozen in place at the minute. That yeah. So they they both got already um, hit by that. Um, okay. But the uh, the vampire uh, Misty stepped away from um, away from Amon Ra, right? Yeah, I mean, Ra is currently wrapped up in the curtain on his own. And okay. um, uh, Mordecai is 50 feet directly above you. Okay. And therefore, like, on his own, no one else kind of in... in he's, got, he's got the two wraith figures seemingly floating next to him, within 10 feet of him, but, but that's it. All right. In that case, um, I'm going to... Um, Rody like, runs out of the silence bubble, um, tweaking various um, levers and, and kind of pulling a little spring. It's, it's like a pull string on like the back of a woody doll. And it goes back into the apparatus. Um, and then I'm going to attempt to cast a level four spell. Mm. So this is a... Um, you know what? I don't want to waste a level four spell on the potential for it to go wrong. So I'm going to use one of my um, divination portents. Um, I'm going to use the 16, which makes it a um, 21 and definitely goes ahead. Um, so I kind of, in, in his in his mind, Rody um, sees exactly how it's going to play out and um fearlessly without like without the normal um, trepidation of you know oh is this going to blow up in my face just kind of 
uses the apparatus, and uh, so that will pass. Um, if the spirit things also need to take uh, make saves, then um, basically um, I'm casting vitriolic sphere. So I point and um, a, a kind of coming from Rody's finger, a, um, a, a pocket watch kind of materializes and then kind of disassembles and floats up and um, then uh, as it gets to um, in range with uh, Mordecai, the cogs and everything start just slashing around, um, really uh, uh, causing like damage as they, they just kind of whiz around in this uh, this area. It's a 20-foot radius sphere, which I'm assuming is going to hit Mordecai mm -hmm. and all of the spirits. Uh, could they make a dexterity saving throw, please? All of them. Using your apparatus is still cast, casting the spell, isn't it? Oh, yeah, I'm still casting a spell. So he's going to hold his it. hand out as the impact as it impacts into um his hand goes to begin to swirl around and the celloist begins playing a, a rhythmic tune that plays in an attempt counter spell at third level well, just, the just random. The cellist is silenced yeah cellist is silenced oh yes because they're within the they teleport themselves into the silence so he will still attempt to cast counterspell, not realizing that he is within a silenced sphere. And what was the saving throw again? Sorry. Uh, good question. Dexterity. Okay. That is an eighteen. <sighs> yeah, eighteen saves. Okay, um, so but, is it half damage. Um. Yes. Yeah, they take half of uh, d4s um but 10 of them what about the spirits do, do they take their own saves or are they just kind of they don't take their own saves they don't okay um all right that's 21 halved to 10 um somehow it's acid damage it's just the uh the cogs as they they've kind of as they hit, they, they um, splash, and it turns out they were just kind of made of water all along. So as you cast this spell, and it smashes into Mordecai and sort of circles around him, you can see that he takes damage. He doesn't take as much as what you think he would. Instead, that damage seems to travel along a thread, two threads that attach to both wraith-like creatures, and both the violinist and the celloist just disappear hmm. um okay um then as another um another bonus action I am I again just kind of get a little device out of my um my pocket this this time it's like a um one of those like Jacob's ladders, like you hold it one way and then you flip, flip, flip yeah. and then you flip it and flip, flip, flip. I'm going to um, kind of bundle it up into a little cute, uh, square and throw it to Ak, and so that is bonus action. Uh, that is bardic inspiration for you. Ah, uh, many nice. thanks. Awesome. Um, that's me done. Oh, I run back into the silence. So, no, 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 no. Uh, Last couple of no's are cut off. Just no, no, no. <laughs> At the end of Rody's turn, Din is going to make two attacks towards 
act as they are currently within range of you. Uh, that is going to be a 14 to hit. Misses. And a 16 to hit. That is my AC. Okay, so that's going to be five points of piercing damage okay. and one point of poison damage. And then I need to beat six on a con saving throw, right? Or ten, keep... ten, ten would be higher. Ten, uh, to maintain silence. Yeah. Uh, huh. uh, yes, that's an 18, so that's all right. So uh, six damage. That's a good point. Am I... Am I poisoned or is it just poison damage? It's just poison damage. Okay, cool. Okay, so Din's going to stay where they are attacking into you. You can also see that the effects of the music not playing is beginning to take their effect on them as well, and it begins flickering. Um, You can do it. Fight it. I believe in you. Ow! Fight my blade! Uh, Oh! Sana, it's your turn. Um, where is Leonin in regards to he me? As rugby tackled Mask and Shadows into Rhodey's Silent Sphere, they're both no longer or currently not under the effects of the mind control. Okay. You just got Shadow Daddy or Miss Daddy in front of you. Mm. Uh, and if I. Yum, yum, yum. Okay. Uh, as B.E.'s own action. <laughs> I want B.E. to attack Shadow Daddy. Okay. Uh, moment. Oh, B.E., what the? A 13? 13 is exactly what you need to hit. A babushk. Oh, good. 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 Okay. Um. Mm. That's uh, a nine and force damage. Okay. So as BT attacks into your father, probably from behind you, your father's face is angry and is going to shout at you as it just goes straight in your face. A little bit of a little bit of rain and snow cover over you from where he had been turned to ice, but he is dead. Yeah. Good job, baby. I'm going to, uh, with my own action, I'm going to magic tinker again and sort of try and be complimentary to the message I sent before and just make a low... Record that. And I'd like to make the way over to the Leonin and make your way over to the Leonin, pop it in his ear. He doesn't resist this time. He sort of holds his ear out to you as you pop the earbud in. He can't hear anything because he's currently in the silence sphere, but you're now also in the silence sphere. Mm-hmm. Pop it in. Or if he needs to go outside and needs the extra help so we can keep him on our side go do a fight <laughs> I'll do a thing <laughs> I'm like so <laughs> is that the end of your turn uh yes 
Okay. At the end of your turn, as a legendary action, Mordecai is going to move. Instead of being hovering over where Rhodey is, he's going to move to the right. So he's just past where Ak and everybody else is. So he's out of the silence area, silenced area, ready for the next turn. Uh, the top of round three. Now, at the top of round three, the first thing that you notice um, is more with Melnor and Din because they're not within any sort of silence. The the glow on the scar dissipates, but the glow in the eyes is still there at the moment. But you can see they're starting to shake their heads and starting to fight the compulsion that's taken over them. Um, as for those who are within the silence, they don't seem to be affected by it at the minute because they are within the silence. They can't hear it. Making it Mordecai's turn, Mordecai, as his action, slams his hands together and begins rubbing them in almost a frantic, like, um, I'm going to start cooking something motion. And he pulls his hands apart and these spider-like webs form in his hands and then he pushes forward, and as he does, we need a d4. There, that's that on the floor. I'm going to stand on that later, and it's going to hurt. Don't do that. Yeah. As that happens, one of these wraith-like figures comes out of his hands, and a violinist is stood floating next to him, and he just shakes his hands off. Uh, that is his turn, Don. Rion, it's your turn. Cool. Um, I am just going to, from where I am, uh, no, I don't think I'm going to bother moving. Um, I am just going to cast Cloud of Daggers um, around the conductor, around my, Mor- Mordecai. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which actually has no effect until it's the start of his turn, so. Okay, um, so you cast that. Uh, and can I do anything useful bonus-wise? I am going to bonus action, hide among the seats. Oh, make me a stealth ship, please. Yeah, 12. You think you're not hiding on the seats. You think you're hidden, and that's the most important thing. For now. For now. I'm trying to tag. You didn't roll low enough to, to go, I'm hidden. <laughs> yeah. Uh, at the end of Rion's turn, it is the last mist forms turn. Now, the mist forms, Rhodey, when does the effect go off of them? Is it literally until somebody shakes them, shakes it off of them? Uh, yep until another creature within reach of it uses an action to break away the ice um, or a minute. Okay, so that misform does nothing. Uh, it goes to Melnor's turn. Melnor is going to make a wisdom saving throw. Primary I believe in you, effects. Melnor. Uh, Rolls a 19, has, but doesn't have a plus to their wisdom, but snaps out of the compulsion. He looks around and runs out of the door, out through the large beetle-sized hole that has been formed, and disappears. Gone to get back up. Gone to get back up. Uh, Hopefully. (laughs) 
Next is Mask in Shadow's turn. Mask in Shadow's is going to look up towards Mordecai and throw a dagger at them. Bought a 17 to hit, which hits and is going to do 24 damage. Does four points of damage to Mordecai as she throws her dagger up. It embeds itself into Mordecai and then the dagger seemingly flashes away, disappears and forms back in her hand. Can I do a little retcon for flavor that I've given Mask and Shadows a nod to do the dagger thing and as the dagger's flying, I've cast some magic on it, which is the Cloud of Daggers. As it it disappears back to her hand, it sort of flutters out to this cloud that around. That sounds awesome, 100% do that. Very cool. Very, very cool. Next is Axe turn. Okay, okay, okay. Like I can finally, I have uh, the space to do bonus action spiritual weapon. Come on, Quill. This time, one day. Quilly. <laughs> Go, Quilly. So, again, we'll draw the Quill. We'll send it flying towards Mordecai. <laughs> Come on, dice. He's just going to, okay. as, as it comes towards him, he's just going to go, oh, I've seen this thing do absolutely nothing the entire Wait, time. Oh. I'm not scared of. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's not the most damage, but uh, so that will be. Who's <laughs> here? Uh, oh, nice max damage. Twelve force damage, please. Uh, nice. As this quill just kind of stabs. I don't want to stab him right in the eye. You stab him right in the <laughs> eye, and you think it would do twelve points of damage to him. You would think it doesn't seem to do as much as what you think. Because I damage. feel like saying that as much as possible. Don't know why. But the violinist that just appeared yeah, explodes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then uh, now that the violinist is gone, I'm also going to let go on. Let's let's test his wisdom. Uh, I'm going to draw a bell and throw it at him. Could he please make a wisdom saving throw? Wisdom saving throw. Does he? I don't have a wisdom saving throw stack. Yep. Fourteen. Uh, uh, no, that will fail. Marvelous. All right. Uh, so it's going to be two d twelve. Oh, that's a twelve. And a two. <laughs> so that's uh, fourteen necrotic oh, damage. Nice. So you can see he takes the full damage from this, and there's these attacks as Quilly has dived into his eye, and as the bell has begun ringing, as Quilly pulls out, his eye is missing and water is pouring out of the wound, and water is now beginning to pour out of his ears as well. Do you want to tell us what exactly the situation is here before we kill you, or wait until afterwards, and I resurrect you to speak to you then? Oh, I'd like to see you try. And let's stay put. At the end of your turn, it is Eros's turn. He's going to run towards or climb over the seating and get towards uh, Dr. Whipplestitch and Thurdom. He's going to pick the bowfuck up under his arms and is going to then begin making his way back through the sta- uh, through the chairs. Uh, that's his turn done. Armin Ra, you are currently wrapped up in a curtain. <laughs> Just do that. Have a cozy time. Yeah. Yeah, just just sleep. (laughs) Nap time. You will sleep in. I am going to take it off and throw it upon the orchestra again. Okay. 
he's floating, isn't he? He's floating in the air, yeah. How high? He's 50 feet in the air, and he's more over to the right, so he's not within any of the silent spheres. He's 50 foot in the air? Yeah. Can I make any sort of like perception check to see if there's anything around that seems to be linked to this snow globey kind of watery effect to him? You can make a perception check if you want. Is there a yeah. window? Is there a wall? Is there a wall? <laughs> uh, I think I've got plus four. Let's have a look. Oh! Well. I got a natural 20 for a total of 24. Okay, so... You're making me think now, because there wasn't anything to start off with, but now I'm going to put something in there. Uh, (laughs) A secret weakness! A secret weakness. (laughs) You notice, uh, with the fact that the curtain has been pulled down and the stage has been revealed, you can also see backstage. And from backstage, you can see that there is heaps and heaps of snow inside of barrels, containers, all with a strange blue runic symbol on them that seems to be keeping the particular areas cold. And it looks like there is tools next to it and you can see half a formed body out of snow. Kick it. Kick it. (laughs) Do you want to build a snowman? (laughs) I mean, I, my first thought was like, maybe that's his resting place. But then I'm now I'm like, what? <laughs> uh, and it's the same sigil on his forehead, presumably. No, it's, it's the it's the leg half of the body, the bottom half. Uh, I would say with a natural twenty as well, you could probably see on a bench that there is the top half of the body as well. And its facial structure looks similar to Mordecai's. Did you mean the glyph on the barrels? Is it the same as the yeah. trident? Oh, sorry. Yes. No. It's a. It's a like a whatever the runic symbol for cold would be. Okay. It's like a cold spell has been cast on it to keep the barrels cold, so that so it's not going to melt. No. Yeah. Uh. Are there uh, are there sausages sticking out? Have they just raided the uh, hmm? Savaloy's sausage ice cream? <laughs> mm. uh, uh, yeah, you know what? I'm gonna grab. I'm gonna grab each half and pick them up. Uh, it feels as heavy as a body that has been split in two. Uh, I'm gonna smack its head off using like one of the barrels or something to see what happens. Yeah, it's not a fully filmed body, and as you smack the head off, it just turns to snow. Yeah, no, okay. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna chuck it to the side. Hopefully, smashing it all. And then, yeah, it's, it wasn't fully formed, and it just pile of snow uh, on the floor begins to melt quickly. Yeah, I guess I'll just start to spider climb up the ceiling again, hoping to drop down on him again. Okay, so you've been all I've got. <laughs> You begin spider climbing up the wall as it is now going to get to Rody's turn. 
Oh, good, because I have absolutely no idea what to do with any of that information. So it's good that Rody doesn't know any of it. Um, yes. <sighs> Set the whole place on fire. Do the fireball. Yeah. I'm still trying to stay within my... Um, I mean, I could. I could do that. How much of the information that you're finding out, Armin, are you sharing? Or are you holding on to it for the minute? I'm into the silence anyway. Oh, yeah, so you wouldn't hear it. Okay. A good question. I think... Did I get the sensation when, when I kind of tried to damage the spirits surrounding um, Mordecai? Did I get the idea that, like, they were a spell he was casting? Or? Not... It's definitely magical in effect, mm. but more of a natural, like a like okay. a creature feature. Cool. So, attempting a dispel is not going to do anything. All right. I think in that case, Rody's going to dodge out of the. Um, out of the silence again so that he can cast um and let's go for a nice big uh, trying to find something that's not concentration yeah i'm gonna as brody's kind of again kind of playing with all of the the bells and whistles on the uh, on the apparatus um a kind of um a tesla coil pops out of the top and I'm literally just going to try and blast him with lightning. Uh, with a lightning bolt. Um, which is... First, if I roll the arcana... Yes, it's a natural one! I failed! You failed? <laughs> yes. Secretly been wishing for this to happen. <laughs> um, it was spectacularly. Who's within the 20-foot radius? Uh, if you've come out into the middle aisle, basically, to cast it, I think you might mm -hmm. hit everyone. If it's centered Wait. on you... Uh, let me see. Um, on a fail check, you cast a different spell from the one you intended. Randomly determine the spell you cast by rolling on the table. Um, if so that was a level three slot. Okay, cool. So I need to roll a... Oh, so it might six. not be fireable. It might not be fireable. It's not always fireable. God. It is whatever is number four, which is... Fireable. <laughs> <laughs> Gaseous form. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> I, I'm I'm guessing. Oh crap! It's concentration. It's concentration. <laughs> so I'm I'm kind of pulling all these bells and whistles. This Tesla coil kind of pops out, and I tr attempt to kind of fire a bolt of lightning at him, but instead the ray kind of goes downwards towards Rody, and he just like. Um, he cool. goes to hold his hand out to counterspell it, sees it goes wrong, and goes, Oh. <laughs> do we, do we know that this is a potential thing that they can do, or do we think that Rody has just blown himself up, like just <laughs> evaporated himself? <laughs> I think Mizana would probably be aware of the like slightly <laughs> experimental nature of the machinery, but I don't think Rody's had the chance to tell anyone else. Like, 
I don't know, Ak could potentially know, but if you think it's fun to not, then no. What's his road? He just goes. I I think I think Rion believes that Rory totally knows what he's doing, and this is absolutely intentional. Oh, um, and I guess silence drops as well because I'm now concentrating on being a gas. As <laughs> as the silence drops, mask and shadows, the blue, the scar in her eyes begin to flicker again, and she tries to stand up and looks discombobulated. The same happens with Erthos, who is currently holding Thurdom and Dr. Whipplestitch under his arms, but he quickly stops, and instead of holding them under his arms, he's got them both in his... got their throats around... his paws around their throats and he's lifting them up, but you can see he's beginning to drop them and he can't quite control... he doesn't... he's resisting. Is he the one with the music in his earbulbs? He's got the music in his earbulbs. Mm-hmm. And, and the silence, the silence on the orchestra still. Yeah. <laughs> um... Cool. So now that I'm in this form, I have a flying speed of 10 feet. <laughs> so I think I'm going to slow, like, this this, <laughs> this cloud of vaguely roadie colored mist just kind of starts floating upwards towards Mordecai. Nice. And remember, you can drop that whenever you want. I know. Um, <laughs> I won't, though. <laughs> I'm not going to. not fun. <laughs> I'm going to find a way to make this work to my advantage. How much higher is Mordecai than me, by the way? Or how uh, far away? If you're floating 20 feet in the air, he's another 10 feet, th- 10 feet in the air, so he's 40 feet away from you. Cool. Four turns of floating towards. Great. <laughs> Just a slow, floaty gas. <laughs> uh, I mean, presumably I can dash as an action, so, you know, on one turn I could float 20 feet. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> At the at the end of Rody's gaseous turn, uh, Din is going to first off make a wisdom saving throw. Oh, everybody's disappeared off my screen. There you are. And fails, so he's going to because he rolled an eight. He's going to attempt to attack into Ak twice. That's an eleven to hit. Fails. And an eleven to hit. Fails. So tries to attack into you, gets completely distracted by the fact that one of the people that he he's meant to be fighting against just turned into a gas <laughs> and just doesn't hit you. At the end of at the end of his turn, that is I think Mordecai is going to take a legendary action. And as, nah, as his legendary action, he is going to begin to float. He's going to float down as his movement, so he is now on the floor uh, with... You go through the gas. (laughs) (laughs) Does the gas get an attack of opportunity? Do you get to waft up his nose? Yeah, do you get to attack? (laughs) Um, I don't think I can... I can't talk or manipulate objects, so, yeah, I don't think I can attack. Can you Um, pass his nose anyway? Get up his nose. Yeah, go for an explore. (laughs) Yeah. Um, as, as far as as far as I can tell, I can't make an attack. So uh, any discussion about this is immaterial. Thank you. Mm-hmm. At the at the end of his legendary action to float downwards, it is then going to be Zana's turn. No longer in a silence bubble, right? No longer in a silence bubble. Okay. 
Um, uh, how far is a moon from me? It's currently backstage climbing up the wall, so you can't quite see him. Uh-oh. <laughs> okay. Uh, minimum, minimum 45 foot up a wall. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I can't reach you from there. Burger! Um, okay, I'm going to send Beatty uh, to Axe Aid. Okay. Um, being attacked by whom? Uh, being attacked by Din, Melnor, and uh, Misty Whipplestitch, who isn't actually doing anything because they're still frozen. Misty Whipplestitch. Misty Whipples. Um. That sounds like a, <laughs> like an exotic dancer name. <laughs> uh, uh, okay, to protect Ek, um, going to attack whomever is attacking her most. <laughs> well then, um, I beg you. Which would, which would be Din. Din, okay. Yeah, but him. <laughs> but uh, Din. Stop it. <laughs> oh, Beatty, what are you <laughs> doing, mate? 11? 11 does not hit. Is he taking Beatty. all of Quilly's bad luck? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Looked at the feather too. <laughs> More familiars. Okay. Well, it, it, um, uh, B does have a reaction at some point, and uh, it can, um, it will um, impose a dif- disadvantage on attack rolls towards Ak. If it's oh, thank you. If they're like, oh. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, pet me. Okay, <laughs> that's how a beetle sounds. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> knew that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no. Um, okay. With my action, I am going to make and sort out another magical tinkering. <laughs> Just be like, it's okay. Talk to Whipple Stitch. Don't worry. It's fine. You're going to be fine. That ready? <laughs> and go towards Dr. Whipple Stitch. Well, Dr. Whipple Stitch is currently being held by the Leonian by the throat. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've made it, and I've got closer. That's fine. Question. Answer. Um, my little pseudo dragon. Mm-hmm. Can I use my pseudo dragon to get the earpiece in Doctor Whipple's ditch's head? <laughs> you can indeed. The, I would say that the pseudo dragon rode in on bees that came oh, crashing through the building. Of course it did. Of course it did. <laughs> And that was good. We'll put it in her ear. Flies over, lands on the Leonin who's currently strangling Dr. Whipple Stitch and just plonks, uses its tail to plonk the earbud in his, in his ear, mm-hmm. in her mm-hmm. ear. Mm-hmm. Just getting ready. <laughs> Prepping people up, it's fine. Dunk. Okay, and that's, that's me done. Okay, so at the end of your turn, it moves to Mordecai's turn. Mordecai just grins at all of you cracks his fingers I think it's time we take things a little bit more seriously puts his hands to his head and the strange upside down trident thing which all of you now closer can see that it looks like a head with some little tentacles 
tall forming, puts a scar on his head, and emits a blast that shoots out from his head. And everybody except for Armin and Rhodey, who are not within range of this, make me a wisdom saving throw, please. You'll have disadvantage with this because you are infected. Is this a spell? It is a effect. Okay. Uh, I'd like to take a reaction and give Rody's gas, isn't he? <laughs> uh, Rody's such a gas. Such a gay ass. Oh, um, Miss Sana, you yes? would normally have this with disadvantage, but because you are a half elf, it's a straight roll for you. Hurrah! I'd like to give a plus four to act. Oh, thank you. Um, it helps save um, me, Rory. Josh as well. I was, I was just having a look. Um, I can't, so I can't talk. I can't attack. I can't cast spells. Um, but can I use my restore balance thing, which is um, when a creature I can see within sixty feet of me is about to roll a d twenty with advantage or disadvantage, use my reaction to make it flat. Yeah. Um, so, Mizana's Mizana's already flat. Anyway. So it's Aqual Rion. And Miss Sun has just helped Ak. Yeah, I don't want to meta too much, but I. You can do a Rion will, if you want. I would like to 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 help Rion in this in this yeah. instance. So it's just a flat roll for Rion, disadvantage for Ak, but with a plus four, and a flat roll for Misana. Yeah, I I see I see Misana kind of reaching out and and realise that kind of Ak's going to get some some assistance, and so I'm flattening your roll. G. Thank you. Nine. <laughs> Uh, with Miss Zana's plus four, that's a nineteen. Okay. Thank you. And uh, Miss Zana, what did you roll? Oh, uh, one. Oh. Well, baby, why did you give oh. it to yourself? No. Suppose it was help. It's just the cleric as much as I can. So both Rion and Zana are now charmed by Mordecai. The charmed targets regard Mordecai as a trusted friend to be heeded and protected. Although the targets aren't under Mordecai's control, they take his requests or actions in the most favourable way they can, and they are willing targets for Mordecai's bite attack. Mm. Each time he or one of his companions attacks, you get to re-roll the save, if otherwise you are under the effects of it for 24 hours, okay. or until he's destroyed. Cool, cool, cool. Yep, so you both are, you just hear a voice in your head that says, protect me and I will elevate you above this mortal coil. And, all right. All right. And that makes it ring on stand. Cool. So the only person between where you are stood now and where Mordecai is that looks like they are a threat to Mordecai is at because you can't see you can't see Armin and you, and Rhodey's currently <laughs> out of the cloud of mist. Yeah. Great. What's Ak doing currently? Fighting uh, off. Mm. Get hiding and fighting off Melnor, Din, and a frozen version of a misty whipstick. And keeping silence on the orchestra. And keeping silence oh. on the orchestra. I'm the not massive beetle next to next to the beetle. Yeah. Hack, hack. I think it was because the, the voice was protect me. So I'm going to move and get in between Ack and uh, uh, Mordecai. But yep. 
So yeah, like back to Mordecai, sword out, ready to. I will hold an action to attack Ak if they come anywhere near Mordecai. <laughs> Great. At the end of Freon's turn, the mist does nothing. Uh, the layer action doesn't go off. However, Mordecai is going to use a legendary action, spend all three legendary actions to cast Dispel Magic on Axe Silence on um, the orchestra. Quick question. Yes. My apparatus doesn't specify whether I have to use it on like an action, a bonus action, or a reaction spell. <laughs> Can I drop out of, like, drop my concentration mm-hmm. to attempt to use the apparatus on a counter spell, which could go awry? Please do. I don't care about the rules. Please do. <laughs> um, cool. So, yeah, the, the mist just suddenly. No, no, no. I saw this cartoon moment. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, cartoon hovering mid-air. Um, so I didn't make the the, the thing again. Um, so um, I'm going to roll a d6. So <laughs> What do you need to roll to get fireball? Three. And I rolled a, a stinking cloud. Again? Uh, no, that oh, was gaseous form. This time he's oh. smelly. <laughs> this time he's yeah. God for you. The, the, the gas kind of um, <sighs> forms, and then another gas just kind of. Oh. <laughs> Rody, what did you eat? Why? Um, oh. But it's, it's a twenty-foot radius sphere, and I—I I mean, I believe he's quite close to me, so he's going to be in it. He's in it, yeah. Um, each creature that is completely up. within the cloud at the start of its turn must make a Constitution saving throw against poison. Um, so, yeah. did, now, are you the stinking cloud, or did you just sort of drop it out of your ass as you fell? I mean, I I'm kind of envisioning because like this, this, I've I've kind of tried to cast a counter spell towards what he was doing, so I'm kind of throwing just the wrong spell at him. Okay. Um, but I also think he is directly below me, so I'm literally just going to ah! straight <laughs> into the stink. Okay. Ready <laughs> to the stink, you bounce off of him. Um, you are in it as well. Uh, Ak, it's your turn. <laughs> your uh, silence has been dispelled on the orchestra. Oh, man. Sorry, I tried. Uh, it's a charm effect, not a spell that he's put on Rihanna Mizana, isn't it? Yes. I can do nothing against your charms. Okay. Uh, I think I'm going to... Um, we, we've got um, a big Leonin dude currently still got um, Whipple Stitch and Ferdin by the neck. Yeah. Right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cast Suggestion on him. Could you please make me a Wisdom saving throw? Yes, uh, because... Normally, he would have some form of immunity to this, but because he's currently very, very confused, it will be a disadvantage. Hmm. He rolled an eight. His wisdom, I believe, is plus two. Let me just check. Plus two, yes, that's a ten. 
Okay, fantastic. Uh, so he fails. Uh, amongst everything, uh, Ak is still trying to like stay uh, underneath everyone's attacks and try not to get hit, and is just going to. Um, I think. Well, actually, mm, he can still hear me, right? Because the the devices that Mizana popped in his ears don't completely block out sound. They don't completely block out sound, but it makes it so it's a disadvantage on his um, checks to stay under my control. But yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I suggest a course of activity and magically influence a creature I can see within range that can hear and understand you. Um, so Axe going to say, um, I think it's about time that you put our friends down and why don't you go and get yourself an ice cream outside away from here somewhere else? He listens. He puts both of them down. But instead of going outside, because the first instruction was to go get ice cream, he turns around and makes his way towards the stage. Okay. But at least he's not a threat. That I will I will allow that. Uh interesting that, that it's That was ice cream? Mm. Ice and we're all screaming, so Yeah. <laughs> uh Okay. That's uh my my action and then um bonus action. Hopefully Rion can't see because Rion has their back to, to Mordecai, but but Quilly's just gonna come and fly and, and use my bonus action try and stab him again. Uh you can't hit me twice. <laughs> we'll try. I still have my bardic inspiration, don't I? How long does that last? Uh, until we use it, I believe. Ten okay. minutes. Okay, uh, it's not looking great at the moment, but with a D6. Oh, okay, that's a 21 to hit. 21, as it goes as it goes to poke him in the eye again, the shield just <laughs> erupts around him. Yeah. He's going to cast shield. Okay. Well, waste those spells, I guess. Uh, we're, we're slowly peppering away at his level one slots, though. Uh, I think that's everything. I'm not going to try and move because there's so many creatures that could take an opportunity attack if I do. <laughs> how how long does the suggestion work on Eros? Ethos. Uh, Ethos. Uh, so this is also a concentration up to eight hours. Oh, so he just keeps walking towards the stage, gets up onto the yep. stage, and disappears out back. Um, and you see your uh, fellow vampire hunter just appear and just stop in front of the tubs of ice. So weird, I love it. I'm in right, it's your turn. Oh, great. I'll, uh, you know, if, if it ain't broke, don't try and fix it. I'll drop down on them again. Um, this time with my great sword. I'm sick of all this grappling. Yep, so you move, walk around the ceiling towards where... Oh, no, I'm going to have to grapple him, aren't I? Are you I want to bring him down with me. Are you entering into my um, sphere of sphere of gas? You have I'll to. Be to get to him. Yeah, I'll be entering the stinky cloud for sure. Oh, is that a Constitution saving throw for that? Well, it says at the start of its turn if you're completely within it. So I guess you can enter it holding your breath. Yeah, I don't need to breathe. It does say that creatures that don't need to breathe are immune. Um, to poison automatically, uh, sorry, or are immune to poison automatically succeed. So, yeah, I don't need to breathe, and I don't want to breathe in something smelly. So I'll. Yeah, so you drop down. So you grappling or just straight out attacking? 
If if I want to bring him down with me, I'll have to grapple him. Where he's I'll... already on the floor. Then now I'll just, uh, <laughs> just, yeah, he, just he dropped down on the floor in order to do his big attack. Right. Cool, cool, cool. I thought he was still floating. Great, awesome. I will. Yeah, I'll just drop onto him. Hey, okay, make me an attack roll, please. Twenty three. I want to say. What's seven plus six? That's 13. Yeah, 23. 23, okay. That will hit, just. Because he still has shield up. Jeez Louise. Jeez Louise. All right, that first damage is... Seventeen points of slashy damage. Oh, that's very good. Hit him. And then I got a second attack. Yep. Oh, I don't think I'll hit him this time, though. 20. As you go to attack into him with your Adachi, just catches it with his fingers, throws it away. I'm just going to go with an unarmed strike for my bonus attack action then. Natural 20. Natural 20. That's What's your strength? Uh, five, I think. So it was 10 points of damage? Yeah, as I kick him in the nuts. Yeah. As he catches my sword and throws it away, I just wham him straight in the nuts. You can see that his eyes go... You know when... I don't know if anybody else ever does this, but if you're wearing something like steel toe cap boots and you hit your foot into something, you instinctively go, ow, even though it doesn't hurt. That happens. He goes, ow, as if he's just been kicked in the nuts, but then... Snow drops out. Yes, the snow just falls out. A snow testicle falls out. Snowballs. <laughs> Snowballs. Snowballs. This is so weird. <laughs> but he does look like he's on his last legs. Sort it, Rody. <laughs> you can see there's water and snow falling out with various different wounds that have been caused during the time that you've been attacking him. Uh, did you say there was something about the charm effect when he got attacked? It's when he attacks. Oh, when he attacks. Okay. Yeah. I'd like to be behind him as well, yep. rather than right in front of everyone else. I'd rather be splitting the difference. That's fair. So you stand right in uh, behind him, sorry. Um, end of your turn? Uh, yes, that's all I can do. Hey, Rody, I think you need to roll for your own stinky gas cloud, don't you? I think I do. Um, <laughs> Unfortunately, you are the only creature within it that is affected by it. <laughs> Bum. <laughs> exactly. Um, cool, hang on, just which one is it? It is Constitution, of course it is. Um, that is a 20... So I think I'm all right, but I'd probably take half something. Um, oh, no, it's just if you fail it, you spend your action retching and reeling. Um, okay, well, I'm just going to stop concentrating on it is another okay. good good idea. Um, and... Uh, you said that the vampire's starting to look unwell. Yes. And also that there seems to be like snow dropping out of him. Mm-hmm. All right, I think it's fireball time. Um, oh, yeah, I'm well. going to try using the apparatus to cast fireball. So I start kind of 
tweaking the apparatus and kind of sort of <laughs> as a point um, as a point if you're casting it on him you will hit Armin and Rion ah but will I oh uh, yeah that's true <laughs> um I, if I cast anything that will affect them I will um careful spell as well um and that is a 23 so I managed to cast fireball nice um nice so I'm excluding myself Rion and uh Amun Ra um are there any NPCs in that because I can do two more if there are what is the radius of 20 foot 20 foot so you would just miss Ak but you would hit Din and Melnor I will exclude them as well okay um cool so everyone who is not one of the aforementioned excluded um Please make a dexterity saving throw. Okay, so which is just Mordecai, yeah? I assume so. Yeah, he's going to use burn a legendary resistance to pass it. I, th- I think to cast this one, um, literally just like a pair of flints just kind of strike and like the dissipating um, remnants of the stinking cloud just ignite and... <clears throat> you just blow up the methane. Yep. In the air. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. it. I don't I don't stop concentrating on it, I just ignite it. <laughs> Did he pass? I guess he used it as no resistance to pass. Well <laughs> that's still half damage, so that is uh twenty one halved to ten. Jeez. Okay. Uh, no, sorry, that's I put down that he had so much hit points left, but it wasn't the case. But you as the dust and stinky cloud. Are you still concentrating on it, or have you dissipated it now? Um, no, I would have dis- um, dissipated it as part of the action of igniting yeah. it. So it ignites, blows up, and as all of the clouds and smells all disappear, you can see, and Amun would see this first, that he is stood there still. One of his arms has completely fallen off, seemingly melted away. Half of his torso is moved, his face is half blown off. And he just looks towards you and just sneers at you. Um, that's my action. As a bonus action, I would like to give. Um, I think uh, it's it's an it's another um, tinker toy, and this time it's like a tiny little monkey with little symbols that slap together, uh, yeah. which I will throw to Amun Ra. You have a decent inspiration. I, <laughs> <laughs> I was running out of tinker toys. What would you? What would you like? What would? What would inspire you? Nah, that's cool. I'll tell you, I'm okay. <laughs> Monkeys are inspiring, to be fair. I'm just yeah. playing music. Nice. Okay, so at the end of your turn, it is Din's turn, and Din is going to make two more attacks into Ak. Ah. Actually, no. Sorry. Wisdom saving throw first. That's a D12. I believe in you, Din. That's a nine for a nine. So unfortunately not. Din is going to attack in two twice. I tried to believe in you. That's a 15 to hit. Uh, Misses. Uh, Second attack is a 17 to hit. That will hit. Seven points of piercing damage and two points of poison damage. Wait. Wait. Beaties there. Beaties there. Yes. Ah, so the second (laughs) attack would be... Second attack would be of disadvantage, so let's roll again. And unfortunately, that was number 17. Dang. <laughs> so it's seven and two. Seven and two, so nine. And then the uh, concentration on the suggestion. Hang on. Oh, okay. My, my Wi-Fi is 
failing me. Okay. Uh, okay, I, I, I rolled a 18 on the dice for concentration plus whatever, nope. so yep. um, okay. That's fine. Yep, I'm all right. I'm still up. Okay. Just about. Looking. Um, not well. Another one of them may, may take them out, but, you know, they're, they're fine. Okay, so next is Miss Anderson. Okay. <clears throat> Snowball friend is <laughs> looking pretty bad. Looking pretty bad, yeah. Oh, no. Um, Act looks pretty bad as well. Who looks worse? Well, I'm not going to tell you that, am I? Well, it depends which which he way looks, Donna would go. If, uh, he looks Ak. like he's had half of his body blown off, and Ack looks like uh, three quarters oh. gone. Okay. Oh, gosh. Um. Um. <laughs> well, be, I'm charmed, so I'm trying to think in a in a charm. Oh, yes, you're charmed, so you I can't am charmed, attack him. I'm thinking. Yeah. Uh, I forgot about that. That's why I was saying who looks worse. Who uh, did I go help? This is true. Uh, yeah. Well, B is with Ak. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to go to Snowball Friend. You're going to heal him. <laughs> I'm going to offer all the time. <laughs> You're going to what? Offer him a job? Are you hungry? Oh. <laughs> Will this help you out? Unbelievable. So what so what are you doing? I'm offering offering an uh, an artery. <laughs> Will this help you out? You look really poorly. Take it off of you. What do you want? It takes it off of you. An artery. An artery? Oh an artery, sorry, yes. Right, sorry, I was trying to because you kept cutting out, so I wasn't hundred percent sure what it was you were saying. I have this lovely apple. <laughs> apple <laughs> Oh, he will um, pick his lips. That was really ben. creepy, and I apologise to the internet for doing that. <laughs> Sometimes you have to play the part. So okay. yeah, it's a little too well. Snowball man, it's fine. Just, just take the gift that will inevitably follow on the chin. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the end of your time, Miss Anna? Yeah, I'm just offering yeah. to help. <laughs> At the start of the turn, he will look to you and go, Eat on you. But first, if I'm going to go down, I'm going to take all of you with me. And he pushes his hand backwards and shoots forward. And this very small, very black bead comes out of his hand, floats through the air, and lands in the middle of everybody, and this large circle just erupts. I need everybody to make me a constitution saving throw, please. This is a spell mm-hmm. for the purposes of anyone. I don't have any third level slots left, I don't think. 19. Natural Three. one. Oh, God. <laughs> Okay, so this would include Armin Ra- uh No, this wouldn't include Armin Ra because you're behind. So, and it's everybody else. 22! 
Okay, so uh, you also need to roll for Beady as well. Oh, Beady! Uh, Beady. I need to do a couple of rolls over here as well. So we've got Dr. Whipplestitch. That's a very good roll. Uh, Thirdum. That's also a very good roll. I like that. 18 18 and a 19 on the dice. Uh, Din. Not a good roll. Missed form will instantly fail. Uh, Eros is not there. 14 for BT. 14 for BT. Anybody who rolled under an 18 Ooh. is Did going to know? take max damage. Anybody who rolled under is going to take half. So that is going to be... There's not enough D20s on here, so add D20s. Yeah. There's not enough D6s on here. So that is going to be 25 Ooh. points of necrotic damage to those who failed. Mm-hmm. And to those who succeeded, you take half, which would be 12. Pack is down. As this fear of negative energy just explodes as he's just cast Circle of Death. Rude. Rude. <clears throat> Should have run away. Uh, Thirdum goes down, but it's not killed. Uh, Dr. Wibblestitch catches them in in her arms and will move her move them round and begin forming some form of first aid on them. Uh, Din also takes a heavy amount of damage and the other mist form is completely destroyed from the attack. Andy? Both Rion and Zana can both make uh, remake their wisdom saving throws to try and shake the effects of the charm that has taken hold of you. Rion, I'm going to give you a plus four. Thank you. Welcome. Uh, which makes it uh, 17 for me. 17. Okay, and what did you roll, Zana? Six. <laughs> so, Miss Zana, you are still under the effects of the... Uh, oh, another paper, fine. Yep. Still <laughs> under the effects of the charm, however, on you shake it. Uh, at the end of uh, Mordecai's turn, he's going to begin... You know, actually, no, he's not. He's too smart for that. He's going to look around and be very worried at what's happening. And he's going to take a legendary action straight away. And he's going to bite Miss Arna's exposed arm. As it's still there available. Yeah. That is a 16 to hit you. Me, you beat it. Okay, so you're going to take five points of piercing damage. Mm. Four points of necrotic damage. And you need to make an intelligence saving throw, please. Mm-hmm. Hold on, hold on. Uh, 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 what, uh, pardon? Repeat? Intelligence saving throw, please. Thank you. 16? Uh, where is it? Uh, nope. So you'll take another four points of psychic damage. So in total, mm-hmm. you... T- yeah, rude. In total, you took 13 points of damage and you gain one level of exhaustion as he bites into your wrist and begins draining. You can see like your life force begins to come out of your arm, almost like, a, like your spirit is being pulled out and goes into him and the mark on his head begins to glow. He starts to reform parts of his body, but it's not actually hitting him. <laughs> uh, at the end of his legendary action, that makes it Rion's turn. Cool. Uh, so the taking damage has triggered 
my uh, rage and transformation into big troll ogre thing again. Uh, and with being free of the charm, I would like to just turn to Mordecai and I'd like to... I'd like to push Zana away and push him on the floor at the same time, if that's... Something. I would allow you to do that. Yeah. Movement action to get Zana out of the way and then part of your action to push Zana, um, him to the floor. Yeah. Cool. Uh, so is that just maybe a strength check? Strength check against him, yes. Yeah. Uh, we'll do that as an opposed strength check. Oh, damn. Uh, you're raging, so you'd have advantage. Uh, fuck for that. Forgot. Good, good. That's better. Uh, that becomes a 14. I rolled a 12. 15. Okay, so you push him to the floor at the feet of Armin Ra. Uh, yeah, cool. And I think, yeah, that, that's that's me. I think. Okay, so next is Ak. Can you roll me a death saving throw, please? That's an eight. Okay, so that's one failed. At least it was a natural one. Yep, 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 yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the end of Axe's turn, uh, Erthos, nobody can see him, but he starts munching on ice. Uh, Armin Ra, it is your turn. You can see that Mask and Shadows is currently unconscious on the floor, which is why she didn't get a turn. Well, I'm currently raging, so I better get some stabbing done. I guess I've already got advantage. Do you say you pushed him prone on the floor? on the floor, yep, so you'll have advantage oh. on these attacks. So I don't need to reckless. So that's great. Uh, damn it. It's a 20 to hit. Look at how you say damn it. Yes, as you go to strike down, you'll go and just cast a shield that will almost break the blade on the shield, but it doesn't obviously break it because that would be really cool if I did that. Uh, that's a 21. You go to attack again, but the shield is just keeping him up, and he's just oh. holding his arms up. Oh, hold one arm out. Yeah. Oh, roll your inspiration. inspiration. Um, so 21. I mean, you need to roll a one, and you hit him. Well, I rolled a five, so... <laughs> yeah, hold him. Get All get right. Get get Twelve. Twelve points of damage in total. As you plunge this blade down into this form's figure, this figure's form, however you want to say it, do you have any final words for him? Uh, no. (laughs) (laughs) I just stab the... If if he's down, I just stab the blade into his head. And I just keep stabbing. (laughs) He holds his hand out, casting the shield to block the first attack but he's overconfident on the fact that he's going to block the second attack, not realising that you have an inspirational monkey in your pocket. The blade goes through, (laughs) shatters the shield around him, goes through his hand, which then goes through his head and pins him to the floor as his form just melts away into snow and water. Uh, I would like... Both Zana and Rodi, as actually no, not Zana, because you're currently charmed by him. So, Rodi, can you roll me an Arcana check, please? Oh, will do. As you can now see this. 
Eight. Eight? No idea. No. No clue. Unfortunately. I, I think Brody's just focusing on Ack and like on, on if if I'd gotten another turn, would just kind of run over to Ack to try and get Ack back up. Well, it is your turn after Armin Raz because Ack is still down, so somebody still needs to get her uh, get them up before I... it gets round again. So Rody will um with with no regard for his own safety, not realizing that the baddie has been dealt with, um, will just kind of run to Ack. Um, kind of picks up Axe's wrist and then looks at like a wristwatch and then and those who could kind of see it would see um, the, the ticking of the clock suddenly reverses and I'm um, reversing Ack back to a time when Ack was healthy um, I'm casting Cure Wounds at second level With the apparatus or? No, um, it's one of the spells that I took as a bard So Okay, just like a check Yes. I, I, actually, I actually cast Fireball again by accident. <laughs> <Boom>. <laughs> I'm not leaving healing to chance, Josh. Hmm. Um, so yeah, right. second level cure wounds. Um, oh, it's a D8. Why did I think it was a D6? Um, plus my spell card. So, 12. Oh, thank you very much. 12 points of healing. Which puts you one beneath me. <laughs> and as the combat ends, the sounds of sinister laughter as Mordecai dies, or a form of Mordecai seems to die, sort of emit from his body and then dissipate into the air. And you are all left within this theatre. You can hear the sounds of light crying coming from the stage as the missing people that are still alive are all there wondering what the hell has just happened and where they are. In in their rage, I think, Rion is probably would go towards the stage and would be like grabbing instruments off people and smashing them and would maybe go and wreck some of the barrels at the back uh, backstage before the rage sort of finally dissipate. Just having a full-on tantrum, basically. And for those of you that are not raging and are paying attention, you feel a tightness on the side of your heads as the scars begin to knit themselves back together and just disappear. And the same happens with your friends that are around as well. So Erthos, Melnor and Din and Musk in Shadows who would all have been under a stronger version of the compulsion. They begin to knit back together. It takes a little bit longer. We'll, Dr. Whipple Stitch uh, has... Uh, uh, sorry, we'll cast a cure wounds on Masks and Shadows to, to get her up as well. Yeah. And everybody is back up. We are coming to the end of the session, but is there anything that you would like to do before leaving this place and beginning to make your way back if you were to look outside the large beetle shaped hole you are still within a cavern and you can see there's a crack that crack runs all along for those of you who took the sewage systems to get to scout ahead you are within that sort of like street underground street that you'd found it's all at the end of it could we ask Dan if that was like part of the what were they called the summit rats territory the dead rats he, the dead rats he's shaking his rubbing rubbing the side of his of the temple and goes yeah 
Yeah, this is our this is our base, isn't it? Yeah, so uh, this is our lot main area. This is like where we'd set food and do performances and stuff. And we used to live in the houses and everything, but then that thing turned up and started taking control of the people. But I don't know where any of them are. They're not here. He, I think he, I think I remember him sending some of them off somewhere, but I, I don't quite know where. This is about what day is it? Tuesday, <laughs> the, the, the third ten day of sniffle mass. You say a date, and that was Come on. what? But no, this was, and he says a date that was two weeks ago. And Melnor stands up and goes. Rion, you are you are you all right? I'm I'm fine. What what are you doing here? I, all I, the last thing I remember was finding out that mask and shadows, oh thank God, had disappeared, and I went looking for them. But that's all I remember. So you you don't know who that guy was? No idea. I just I just remember going to Phaetonian Street, and everything just suddenly went dark. Well, well, he's gone now, I think. And judging by the dates that you've just said that are totally real dates, it was two, two nearly, it was a week and a half ago. It was when Masking Shadows disappeared. I've, I've been down here that long. So it was the vampire that we actually met with in the tavern. Oh, I mean, I know... I know all of you through jobs that I've given you before. Un, un, unfortunately, not yourself looking towards the moon. I'm, I'm afraid we're not acquainted. My name is Melnor Sinclair. I'm a handler for Neverwinter. Nice to meet you. Uh, I, don't, I don't know did, what to say. Did anyone discover anything that suggested what this Mordecai was actually after? He, see, he seemed to want us to take part in what experiments experiments for for what we i feel like there's there's so much we didn't uncover did i recognize that like that thing on his forehead i tried sort of something to do with a company my my my, my daddy sort of worked with or against sometimes I i'm not sure it's what it looked like Anybody who wants to search the area can make either a perception or investigation check. Yeah, thank you. Yes. Well, I think actually, um, while, while other people are investigating, we'll suddenly think and do ascending to the temple to to check in the undercroft. Check in the undercroft, and the reply you get back is not pleasant. Yeah. There are multiple bodies that were alive when they were down there and now aren't. The 23 investigation. Okay. 13 investigation. Uh, I don't think Rion would be investigating. They'd just be catching up with Mass and Shadows, checking in with them. And... Yeah, um, Amun's also exhausted, so he's probably going to talk to Erthos. So, with the 13, you... For Rhodey, you discover that there is a back room, probably some sort of a dressing room area, 
and combining that with Zana's check, Zana, you go in and check that particular room because there's nothing of note in the theatre itself or on the stage. But inside the room, there is a bunch of documents on a dressing table. Uh, looking in the documents, you can see that there seems to be some incomplete experimental notes on the bloat, which seem to be signed by a JA. Uh, but there are lots of pages missing from it. And it seems that as you turn the page from this person's notes, there's somebody else's notes on another bit of paper, uh, which is signed Mordecai at the bottom. And it seems that Mordecai was on his master's orders, experimenting with ways to adapt the bloat and other magical effects to some sort of end goal, which isn't written down. Uh, he notes down that he's looking for a relic known as a Hex Locus, and the Sovereignty gifted him the Symphony of Madness to take control of people and, and help further his master's experiments. And you find a book, like a, one of those magical score, uh, not magical, music score books with all the notes and everything, and it's called the Symphony of Madness. And it lists off a very odd looking song looking at it you can't read it at all well i'm looking i'm, I'm just like, oh look brody look at it the whole time brody sees it all too oh uh, do you read music hmm. no i'm not very good at it yeah yeah no me either no. we can go ask yeah, someone, someone must. Someone must. Ah. All the notes, everything in the pocket. <laughs> One final thing that you find is that part of the experimentation was to take control of people's minds and then set them on the public within Neverwinter to cause disarray and potentially a turf war, effectively, in order to allow Mordecai's masters to manoeuvre themselves into a position to take over Neverwinter. Masters, plural. Uh, well, the sovereignty. We got. We should show the dead rats this and other gangs, just so you know they understand, right? probably more Melnor's, um, you know, area. Let's sit. I'm, I'm, I'm not getting involved in gangs. Uh, yeah, a little dangerous for us. You're right. <clears throat> Take it over to Melnor. The longer that you stare at it, the more of a headache you begin to get. Melnor states that they know a, a large number of languages and this isn't a language that they know. Even in musical terms, it, it's a weird, it's an odd language. Mm. Does it, um, I mean, sorry, I mean, I'm assuming that in bringing it to Melnoy, you're sort of in the presence of the rest of us as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is it the They're kind of thing that um, would be a, an object that, that screams like it could be identified? It's or not it screaming. Like, that's Actually, what it is. Make an arcana check, please. 
Okay, okay, okay. I was checking. That's a good point, point, actually. A couple of us have got that spell. Comprehend languages. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so 25 and an arcana check. Woo! So on an arcana check, uh, it's definitely emitting a strong magic from it. Um, uh, class and identify on it would tell you more details, but there is definitely magic coming off of it, so you wouldn't waste the spell doing it is what I'm getting at. Sure, 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 sure. If, if Aqua's going to... Um ritual cast identify I think Rody would go for comprehend languages mm-hmm. um, which I have in my my wizard's notebook um, so yeah if, see, if, see if I can read it if I have ma- magical enhancement okay so going off of both of those starting with the identify you know that if with the identify that if somebody was to play the music that was within this book, they would begin the Symphony of Madness, which is a spell-like effect, although not a spell in itself, that causes people to fall under the control of it and the person who is casting it. And the more they, the more they listen to it, the deeper into its control they become. Mm-hmm. With the Comprehend Languages, that is a different story. This isn't a language that you know and can identify by looking at it. And the more you look at it, it does begin to give you a headache because it's it's difficult. You can read the music, sort of. It's almost like there is a note and then there seems to be another note overlapping it. And it, that goes along all the way. If you were to try and speak this, do you try to speak it? I'm not going to try and speak it out loud. I'm just trying to read it, like trying to understand yeah. it. You would know just by trying to read it that in order to speak it, you need more than one mouth. Cool. Great. That's not a surgery I intend to uh, undertake, so... <laughs> oh. But yes, there are no actual words to it, but you can read the musical notes after uh, a period of time, which you would know would be longer than what it would normally take for you to when you cast this spell before. It's a very complicated language. So it's 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 literally kind of one like each each singer would need more mouths rather than like it's yeah. a duet. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. No, thank you. Um, Nope. Uh, this this is this is not to be read. I would I would recommend you know scribbling over it in in big marker. Can I try dispelling magic on it? You can, yeah. You just place your hand on it and dispel the magical effect on it. The words almost disappear off of the page like dust, and it just loses all of its magical elements you do see now that you've cast it it does say at the, in one of the bottom corners at the end of the book it does say copy one of four ah mm. I suppose it's worth alerting some higher ups or maybe not well I could always tell my cousin about it and him keep an eye out all the circles he's been with lately 
That sounds like a good idea. Mm-hmm. Right. So, now that you've discovered all that stuff, would you like to leave? Yes. Yep. Yeah, let's get out of here, guys. Yes, yes. <laughs> I have a final, I have a final little beat that I'd like to do at some point, but it doesn't have to be as we're leaving, just before we finish. Finish. Okay. Yeah. So you all leave. What was the beat you'd like to do as you get to the uh, surface? At some point, uh, whilst we're walking, will uh, Ak will have specifically gone and thanked Rody for um, for getting them up and and healing them, and will have. Um, Started. We'll have obviously talked to Doctor Whipplestitch, and um, there's, there will have been lots of reunion hand squeezes and, and that kind of thing, and uh, uh, beak scratches. Um, but we'll have walked with Amun for um, a little bit of the the hike back up to the surface, and we'll have um, plucked one of their feathers from the neck and offered it to him. Um, I just wanted to say thank you. Uh, Some of the hallucinations we experienced there were pretty dark, and throughout it all, particularly in mine, you really helped me stay focused. I wouldn't have been able to do it without your help, and this is to remind you that you are in control. And I trust Um, you. I'm going to take the feather um just very politely say thank you uh and then like we'll open up a little pouch and pull out like a little necklace and pendants and they've got little totems on one of a tiger one of a bear one of a wolf and then they'll just get like a little piece of rope and little string and start to attach the feather to his sort of necklace filled with different totems and then pop it back in his bag Like Mask. Sort of nod and then carry on. Yeah. Mask and shadows will sort of nudge Rion. Oh, that was a bit of a that was a bit much, wasn't it? Yeah, are you uh, are you alright now? I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm a, I'm a bit battered and bruised, but I'm I'm fine, thank you. We should get back to the get back to everyone and you know, find somewhere for us for you to rest. Yes, yes, yes. And Melnor's walking behind you both and goes, you can more than welcome to stay at mine for as long as you need. Thanks. Earthos, wise shield, walks in complete silence behind all of you, says nothing, but if Amon was to look back at, uh, back at him, he just gives you a stern nod. I would like to talk to Earthos. Yeah. Because we haven't yet. Um... So I'd say that wasn't a vampire that we fought. No. Did not seem to be one, no. Vampire in design or originally, yes, but that was some sort of construction. Mm. Construct. Even. Made of snow and water. Yes. A vampire. <laughs> Do you think that... (laughs) Do you think maybe it is best we stay around here for a little while longer? I don't think it's the last time we're going to see Mordecai. I do not think so either. I think he will be back. 
Well, I'll send a message to mother. She won't be happy, but... When is she? <laughs> yes. She's uh, a force to be reckoned with. It's a kind choice of words. <laughs> and as you all get to the surface, going through the tunnel network that was discovered by members of the party before and crawling out of the hatch out, out, out the basement area and outside of the temple you can see there's a bit of a hustle bustle going on outside and probably from the people that have been killed in the undercroft area but as you all step out you can hear large or loud should I say bells ringing from a temple not from this temple from a temple somewhere else within Neverwinter and that is where we are going to end today's session. Or is it? Because this is me and I like to do this, there is going to be a Marvel post credit scene. No, we have to do the outro first. <laughs> that is a very good point. Let's do that first. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Thank you, everybody, for watching us for tonight's show and for the final of A Murderous Symphony. If you enjoy tonight, we can, uh, we can, we do play every Monday and Tuesday from 6 p.m. BST slash 10 a.m. PST. And you can also find us on Fridays for our chat shows, Talk Together, or Talking is a Three Action, again, from 6 p.m. BST or 10 a.m. PST. All of our shows are streamed at twitch.tv forward slash Roll Together RPG, and you can find all of our content archived at youtube.com forward slash Roll Together RPG. There are also podcast versions of all of our shows available everywhere. Just search for Roll Together RPG. A massive thank you to our D20 Club on Patreon. Uh, I'm going to do the stuff hard because I always do it. There'll be a link in chat now. Okay. Do join them. Every penny helps us all make all of this lovely content that we do. Again, another big thank you to all of our sponsors and supporters. And don't forget, we are all over social media as Roll Together RPG. Thank you for watching and see you soon. But wait, there's a post credit scene. <laughs> In a dark, dark cavern, the sounds of footsteps can be heard as a figure walks into the center of almost a water type terrain. The light uh, light begins to shift around this form and we can see Mordecai stood there. These big booming voices begin to speak to him almost as if three or four people are speaking at once but it's coming from one figure. Your experiments have failed us, Mordecai. What is it you look to achieve with not bringing us any experimental subjects? Mordecai grins. It is only part of one plan. I have many other plans in action. You must trust me, and the Hex Locus will be ours soon. Very well. I will trust you one more time, but know this if you fail us we will kill you and out of the shadows two large very long tentacles stretch over towards mordecai one on the forehead one on the chest and this large pulse of psychic energy erupts around him and that's where that post credit scene ends bye great <laughs>